podcast episode two of the 2015 regular season this is show 195 and this week we're ready to get you into some knowledge on fantasy matchups and what's going on in the week two slot of games we kind of in the regular season just get right into that and get going on the matchups for the upcoming games because we know that's what you need to be the best fantasy ballers you can be as usual and back from a two-show uh, honeymoon, or what do, you, what do you even call it? Hiatus? Hiatus? Well, what do you call it when you get engaged? Uh, an engagement get, hiatus? Uh, state? <laughs> uh, nice. Um, we congratulated you last week, by the way, on that on our show. I hope it's not a mistake. That grace sure makes me feel warm and welcome. Well, you'd be bitter, too, if you had four husbands die on you. Probably suicides. <laughs> uh, we got Stag Party across the way. We got Dogmatica to my right. I'm D Rex, and we are Pyromaniac.com. Smell us. Week one in the books, as usual. Nothing as it seems is ever going to be what it's going to be. Uh, fantasy football is nuts, and one week into it, a lot of the big studs have already uh, have already dumped on their teams, and other surprises have made us look like geniuses in some instances. And in others, um, just good times. Good to have fans football back. Uh, it's definitely a crazy week. I mean, when <laughs> I mean when you guys when you got guys like Peyton Manning going for like negative points basically, and people still drafting him high based on his name, uh, and then you got Alex Smith basically running the world and a rookie quarterback, Mariota putting up the most uh, rookie points in a rookie in a uh, week one in years. It's just it's. It's craziness. Uh, you gotta love it. It's it's pure fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! And the thing I really enjoyed about the Sunday and Monday slate of games is I didn't have to listen to those people who were so right on Thursday night about Gronkowski when every other tight end in the league scored two touchdowns. <laughs> I didn't hear a I didn't hear a peep from these guys after Eifert comes out there and rocks two, after ASJ throws two in there, Jeez. and everybody and their mama was throwing two touchdowns down. And I'm like. So yeah, Gronkowski with three is that much of a better value, huh? I mean, I bet you'd rather have Julio and uh, Eifert than you would 
you know, at the same points. Charles yeah. Johnson and Gronk, Gronk not whatever. even Charles Johnson. Gronk and like uh, you know maybe like a Ma- maybe, Washington. Yeah, maybe you make it real nice later <laughs> on pick and pick somebody up, but yeah, not real good for a lot of those players. For sure. Well, um, as usual, guys, we're gonna get into these games, and uh, if you want to follow us, go on your computer to NFL.com, grab schedule. Then you need to do 2015 regular schedule. We are on week two. And the first game of the week this week on Thursday night, um, which is pretty sweet. Are all the games on CBS and on NFL Network, or do they just do that at the beginning and, and then we start going all well, the way? As far as I think they're, I know they're on NFL Network, but I assume that maybe CBS, if they did one, they probably picked up the. Or I think they have they they they're paying for half of their package. So yeah, they I think they get the dual broadcast because they'll have there's like four games where they'll have their CBS announcers who are doing the game as well. So okay. that, was, that was the caveat. Good times, Broncos and the Peyton Manning mentioned earlier, dud of a game against the other guy you mentioned that had a great game, Alex Smith. Uh, what do we think here, guys? Let's do let's not last week. 45 minutes through the first three games, and we found our pace, and we got it done in a reasonable time. Let's just find our pace early tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, all right. So Peyton Manning uh, shit the bed last week, but that's okay. The thing is, is that that was against a, a, an awesome Baltimore defense that knows how to play Peyton Manning, and they, they have for a while. So I'm I'm really not that worried about it. Don't be worried about the uh, Demarius Thomas uh, hand injury. Turns out he's fine. Turns out C.J. Anderson would be just fine. Um, I, I'm not worried about that sort of stuff. The thing is that Manning has done well against KC in recent past, uh, especially a, a couple of years ago. He went to KC, threw for five touchdowns. Um, last year, he had some some good success against him. Uh, that late in the year game against KC, when they were going to the running game, straight running game, basically was. I don't know, a mediocre game, but I'm not worried about Peyton Manning this week. As a matter of fact, when most people are going to have him rank low, I'm going to have him right back up there at the high. You can't jump off a wagon just because of one shitty game. Uh, so don't worry about a Peyton Manning there. Well, I got a question. But I, I am worried about C.J. Anderson. You know, it's a toe injury. Yeah. So toe injury for a running back, and it could be one of these things that I, I can see that, you know, Kubiak and the entire coaching staff is going to be downplaying this. And as a C.J. Anderson owner, I'm concerned, uh, and I think that the, the benefactor here, obviously, is Ronnie Hillman. Yeah, I mean, that. yes yes, and no. Um, if C.J. Anderson was really that bad off, first of all, the coach wouldn't say he's perfectly fine. Uh, second of all, he would have just come out of the game, but he didn't. He kept playing. Um, it, was just, it was just a really tough defense to run against. Baltimore had the best run defense in the league last year, uh, and for good reason. And they, they kept their scheme around. They uh, kept a bunch of players around. And... I'm, I'm really not that scared. I mean, last week, KC uh, did, did pretty well against the run, um, but not that great. I mean, they gave up over four yards of carry to Alfred Blue, Chris, uh, Chris Polk, and uh, Jonathan Grimes. Uh, every, all three of them had over four yards of carry against KC. So I, a team like Denver, believe me, they'll have a better scheme running, and they have a better running back in, in C.J. Anderson there. I mean, and C.J. Anderson absolutely trounced this defense the last time they played. I think it was 163 rushing yards, and he caught a a touchdown pass for like 15 yards. Uh, There's nothing that scares me about this defense as a rush defense. Uh, They've got some pass rushers on there, and and that can be a little bit scary, especially with this offensive line, the way they were sort of in shambles, and Peyton Manning just getting knocked all around. That's the one thing that's really concerning to me. Is this offensive line going to be able to block for Peyton Manning? 
Uh, you know, his weapons, you know, Emmanuel Sanders was okay. I think they missed potentially two touchdown passes uh, that were just, you know, just a little bit a ways away. So Emmanuel should be fine. Is Demarius Thomas going to get back there? You know, his wrist's a little banged up. We already talked about that. He's going to be fine. I, I, the uh, the Chiefs allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers last week at over 40. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins absolutely you know decimated these guys, and that was without pretty much being targeted, you know, in, in pretty much the first half. Uh, so you know that's something encouraging. But then you know the tight ends were underwhelming to say the least for the Denver offense. So it's going to come down to this run game and whether they can get the big two weapons on the outside involved. Well, let's, let's flip it to the other side. Let's talk about Kansas City for a second. Kansas City had a fantastic game last week. They looked all-world. Travis, Travis Kelsey was amazing. I loved his uh, his running move of the swing and arm yeah, yeah. and then the punch of the football. It was, like, was, it was pretty like, cool. <laughs> like Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, when he was facing marvelous Marvin Hagler. So, uh, you know, but... That was boxing. Yeah, it was. Old school boxing. Oh, my God. Back when it was great. Oh, but uh, a guy's got knocked out in the welterweight division. Uh, in the middleweight division, yeah, uh, it's yeah. Still so rare nowadays. But yeah, I got I, all of those on tape. I, I still break them out and watch them every once in a while on my VCR. Right. So <laughs> Kansas City's coming in on a high. Okay, everything has been going great. Denver's defense is a pretty damn good defense, yeah. mm-hmm. and they get after you, and they completely shut down the Ravens and Mark Tressman's uh, vaunted offensive attack, and and Forsett could do nothing on the ground. So you look at, at Jamal Charles, who had. Uh, another tough matchup that he had last week when you know and he didn't average very well only had 3.6 yards per carry on the ground mm-hmm. so the interesting thing is you still don't have a, a wide receiver here that's caught a touchdown pass <laughs> you know sure. Jeremy Macklin though at least you know he he showed up a little bit you know five catches 52 yards but again this is kind of what you're going to be expecting out of them and now he's going to be dealing with Akeem to leave most of the day yes so i think it's going to be a very tough day for Jeremy Macklin i think it's going to be i disagree it, I think he, Chris Harris starts against Jeremy. Yeah, Macklin. Harris is actually. And Harris um, is just as good. Better. He is yeah. better. He's, actually, <laughs> he's supposedly the number one shutdown corner in the entire league, <laughs> according to the stats from last year, uh, which is kind of surprising. I mean, there's like a, a lot of other shutdown corners out there, but Chris Harris was actually number one in the league last year, so putting him up against Macklin is a no brainer for sure. But you got to leave on the other side, and that pretty much cancels out whoever else is. Albert Wilson or Chris Conley or who? Well, Albert Wilson played ninety percent of the team's passing snaps. Chris Conley barely played yeah. five snaps. So, uh, you know, well, it makes me think they might want to change it up a little bit going against this defense. I mean, the the rush D was just phenomenal. I mean, they, they couldn't do anything against uh, Denver. That that four set was just held to nothing, yeah. basically. But I mean, that without a pairman on the outside, Baltimore couldn't do anything against that defense. It's I don't know. It's mix and match. But go on. No, I'm just saying Kansas City doesn't have that stretch the field guy that that's respected that they're going to have to be True. able to do that. So I look at Jamal Charles and it's like this game is really going to be on him. Can he be able to find a couple creases early and make the the, the you know the big plays and 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 break one because that's what he's going to need to do in order to soften up this defense. And I, I really I don't see it happening that well for him either. And I think the only way that he's going to be real successful is probably going to be if 
Alex Smith goes back to being checked down Charlie, and, and you know there's a good chance because now Kelsey is going to see a lot more attention based on what he did last week. In the last couple of years, the only way that uh, Charles has really been able to break through this Denver defense is through the air. He's got to catch some passes and, and go and break one for a touchdown if he's going to get your points. Um, obviously, he's going to get volume, uh, so I mean, it's, there's no there's no way you're going to sit him, um, but don't expect the world on him this week. That's for sure. I mean, when it comes back to to Denver. I mean, if you remember last year, was it last year or the year? I think it was last year. Opening game of the year, Thursday night. Uh, what, it, what did Manny do? That was, two, that was, two, two, was that two years, years ago? ago? Two years ago. Well, yeah. you put this guy on prime time and early in the year when his arm is still okay. Believe me, Manny's going to be fine, folks. Don't watch, don't look at all those CBS, ESPN crap fucking rankings. Believe me, he's going to be fine this week. What if he's not? Are you gonna start? Because we know you, you got. If he's not, it's hard, it for you, it's hard for you to kind of bury, start not burying him, start digging, digging the hole and separating yourself from yeah. him because you, you've been attached to. Attached I have been attached to him for, him for, a while. for so but, long. I mean, he is a primetime guy. You know that. I yeah. Mean, oh, yeah. That guy performs under you know under the bright lights. There's no problem with that. Uh, regular season at least. Yeah, I'll admit saying, that. I'll admit that. Season. Regular season at least. Um, but it's regular season, and it's a team that he's done well against in the last couple of years. So uh, I have faith in Manning in this one. I think I kind of agree with you. I'm just playing devil's advocate with you. Uh, it, I think it's going to be a kind of an invert of what was happening in last week's games for these two teams. And uh, Denver's going to kind of hand it to them a bit, and they're going to be like, oh, okay. Every week, week to week, things are so nutty in the NFL. So I could see... Uh, uh, Denver waking up and, and, and showing up. They, I will throw that. The last thing I want to say on this game is I think the big question mark is what is going on with the tight end situation with Denver because there was nothing at all. Ellen Daniels did nothing. Uh, Virgil Green, I don't even think, was targeted. Uh, was, did you get one he target? Yeah, one target. One target. I mean, either way, uh, I was expecting more. Granted, Baltimore is one of the best teams, if not the best team, against tight, end, tight ends in the league, uh, but KC is just not just as good, but they give up, I think, the fewest amount of catches to tight ends in the league. So I don't expect much out of uh, Owen or Virgil either. They, neither one of those guys was creating much separation of anything at all. You yeah, know? No. So you were seeing most of the targets were going to Emmanuel well, Sanders need, yeah. or to uh, Demarius Thomas. They need so. a Virgil to block for, yeah, against right. Baltimore uh, you know, anyway. So. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. All right. All right, well, let's go to the next game then. Uh, first game on Sunday is going to be Texans. They're going to be at the Panthers. Sounds kind of vanilla on paper, but actually probably be a great game. What do you guys see from a fantasy perspective? Um, you know, start with you, uh, every team you guys uh, feel more comfortable going with, Panthers or Texans. Well, I, when it, I might as well go with the Texans first because there's possibly going to be a change there. I mean, Mallet came in late in the game. Uh, Hoyer wasn't moving the offense very well, uh, had a pick. He ended up actually with decent fantasy stats. They weren't terrible. They weren't uh, the... You know, they were better than Manning's, to be quite honest. Um, and Mallon ended up okay, too. Word, so, word. As, as, a, <laughs> as a team, they actually ended up putting up some pretty good points against uh, uh, the, the uh, Chiefs last week. So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. If Mallon gets in there, I think there's going to be a little shakiness. I think that uh, I think they'll probably go back to Hoyer, to be honest. Uh, but it hasn't been announced yet. Either way, uh, it, DeAndre Hopkins is just a monster. He's just an absolute monster. That, that's, that's the answer. And the thing is, they're not going to announce it. That, right. That's the yeah. whole thing. Why would they announce it? You don't have to. Yeah. Like, I've never seen anything that said who you, you have to see well, who your starting quarterback is. It, you know, the, the media will be there for, you know, the, the parts of the practices where you could see what's going on there. And whoever's taking the first team reps, they'll, they'll throw it out there. Okay. But if, 
you know, if one person's taking the first team reps in the first couple of practices, few, few practices of the week, that's who's going to start. I well, mean, we'll see. We'll see if he if he does a uh, you know closes the curtains and doesn't let anybody in. So yeah, but whatever. You know, it, it, regardless, it doesn't matter. DeAndre Hopkins owners can feel confident because he's going to see the healthy amount of targets that Andre Johnson was getting plus what he was getting before, and he can make plays as we see week in week out. This guy is for real. I got to tell you, it was probably the worst mistake I've made in fantasy. Hopefully it doesn't end up that way, but worst mistake I've made in fantasy when I had a wraparound choice. I had a bunch of different, a few different receivers to choose from. I had Brandon Cook sitting there, I had Mike Evans sitting there, and I had Andre Hopkins sitting there. I took Cooks and Evans. Might have been a big mistake. I maybe should have taken Hopkins over Evans, especially knowing that Evans had a slight hammy problem. I thought he'd be back this week for sure. I really well, did. At this point in time, now with, at least with him, you he got the extra rest. Yeah, hopefully he's gonna be he will be back. Yeah. I, I, I don't. You know, yeah, I, thank I you, Stag Party, for having such a love affair with that man all off-season. Off-season, you slowly, slowly you had me on the buy-in. I always loved his talent. I was just scared about the quarterback situation. But who cares? Either of those quarterbacks, Mallet or Hoyer, Hoyer's done it with Josh Gordon, are going to be... I'm not saying peppering. I'm not saying salting. I'm saying Tabascoing. Tabascoing <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins with just unbelievable targets. And as you guys said, the guy gets it done once when you get it to him. He, he he's like a magnet for the ball. I don't know. It's like, it's really strange, but legit. The fucking sticky Gumby. Legit, he is. Um, all right. What else is going on in that game? I read uh, Sunday night and Monday yesterday morning. That Aaron Aaron Foster's telling his homies he might be playing this weekend. Uh, what is I mean, is that nuts? What's he doing? Is he trying to make us not? I mean, Bill O'Reilly came out and said no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just flat out no. Is it, to the question is Aaron Foster playing this weekend? So I'm gonna go with a no here, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, none of these other guys are worth playing. Uh, you know, Jonathan Grimes played the most snaps because they were down most of the game. Uh, Alfred Blue got the majority of the carries because, you know, that's what he is. He's a first and second down type of guy. And Chris Polk, you know, was in there for a couple, not really showing anything special. But they're going to use them all. So, you know, don't start one of these running backs and feel good about it. Uh, <laughs> no. And the Panthers' defense is fine, too. You know, I mean, Houston went up against a Chiefs defense, which was pretty good. And they actually, I mean, they threw the ball around a little bit. So, I mean, I guess more garbage time and stuff like that. But, you know, Alfred Blue had nine carries. I think Grimes may have had six. And Polk had five. Is that the way it would turn yep. out? So, I mean, if they're going to get behind, like, I I don't know if they will or won't. I mean, that could, because the Panthers doesn't have a – they don't have a very good offense. So, I don't see that uh, that coming, uh, you know, yeah, into play it, very much. But How about this for the Panthers' offense, too? You, you're supposed to have a, a pretty good vaunted – Running attack, right? With Jonathan Stewart, at least to be able to, to get off the ball. When when he ran, or when Cam ran, they couldn't run last week. And they were playing Jacksonville. Oh, I'll tell you why. <laughs> it's because they don't have any receivers. When you yep. don't have any receivers, nobody gives a shit about covering the receivers. So they put eight in the box. And who's going to run against eight in the box? It ain't Jonathan Stewart. Right. You know, I mean, you, you called that last week. Yeah. You said, I don't like I don't like what his opportunity. They're going to make him beat him, and he's going to lose. And yeah. that's what I'm saying is going to be setting up for the exact same type of a game exactly. this week because Houston, with that defensive line, they, they'll shut you down. Absolutely. And, and with Vince Wilfork in the middle of it, yeah. it's like, come yeah. on, you're not running. Absolutely. It's the same. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't see that happening. So, 
wow, it's just going to be a tough game offensively both <laughs> all the way yeah. around. Houston was very, very tough on the running game. They were bad against the receiving game part of the Chiefs. True. Uh, Jamal Charles was able to beat them in that kind of portion of the game. But, you know, running the ball, they gave up just 82 yards on 23 carries to the running back position. So, you know, I'm not liking Jonathan Stewart too much this week. They've got to find some sort of receiving threat. Uh, you know, Ted Gritton drops, what, two touchdown passes, theoretically? I saw him drop a non-touchdown pass. I mean, he, he it was right in his arms. So this guy's just, it's got to be hard for yeah, Cam to drop that. still, I think, he had the most yards on the team. Yeah, it was bad. 55 bad, yards or something. Bad, bad news bears. Devin Funches played like 20% of the snaps. so One you, for nine. You know he's not you know ready. You know, Greg Olson had that maybe pass interference touchdown called back. With that, his day looks completely different. But that's the whole thing, though. Here's the thing. As a guy that always loves Greg Olson, that's not his game. You know, when he gets his touchdowns, a lot of his touchdowns are coming where he's making it around 15, 20 yards out, and he's making a move, and he's running into the end zone. He's he Or he's, he has a couple sneaky ones where, you know, it was Kelvin Benjamin's getting double teamed, and so he gets the, the, the yeah. second, third read to get the touchdown. He, if he's the number one option, that's not what he's ever... He wasn't good at that in Chicago, and he hasn't been great at that in Carolina. Well, I will tell you, plain and simple, um, the only way that the Panthers are going to alleviate the pressure on Olsen is by bringing up Funches and making him into something. Because they can't just keep going with Philly Brown and Ted Ginn and, and Jericho Cotri. It's just not going to work. <laughs> you know, as I said in my waiver wire pickup this week, Jericho Cotri was listed for deeper pickups. And all I said was... Jericho Cotri is the best receiver on the Panthers. Jericho Cotri is the best receiver on the Panthers. Oy vey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that pretty much that's shout out to, Vaughn, to all of our Jewish listeners. There you go. There that, you go. Nice. That offensive line for you know the Panthers just looked awful as well. Uh, and that's one thing that concerns me. Cam Newton was out there rushing again, though. I think the second play of the game was his own read. Yeah. So that's going to be back in their offense. He had the most uh, attempts, rushes. most attempts among uh, quarterbacks this week. Still didn't and do much with it, though. No, but still just good. That's what I'm saying. saying. I think you guys are oh, like underrating how good this Jaguars defense is. Oh, I'm not. I, w- I wasn't underrating. They're, Jack, they're the good. Jaguars. They are pretty good. They're good. They might not be a great fantasy defense. They're an average fantasy defense. They're just their offense leaves them in such crappy position. That they've got to do more than any other team in the league. Thing is, you can pass on them. Okay, it's, it, the running thing—they they can bunch up the run pretty well. That's not too bad. But you could definitely pass on them. It's just that Carolina doesn't have any weapons. Uh, it, it, it's going to be Jericho Cotri catching five, six balls again. Ginn catching a couple for fifty. Um, I just don't expect a whole hell of a lot of this game. It's just the way it is. And if the Texans go back to the way they used, they were last year. They won't let Olsen do what Kelsey did to them last week because the Texans are normally very good against the tight end. That was a little bit unpredictable. Kelsey is a different animal, as we've been saying for a while now. But Olsen, I don't see him having a great game again. Unlike unlike uh, Mel Tucker and the Bears uh, last year who allowed the back-to-back 50-point games, normal defensive coordinators and NFL coaches, <laughs> when you get burned severely at one position the week before, you tighten that up. In the, yeah, in the, you in change that something. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Can we go on to the next game? We got Please. something to say. It's, it's just got a low over-under of like 40 and a half points. And then the thing is, one of Kelsey's touchdowns, he was uncovered for a 42-yard score. Yeah. That, that's just... 
unreplicable, but they've got to get find a way to get Olsen the ball or else this offense is in trouble in general. Olsen. And they did already state that they, that's their plan is to try and find a way to get Olsen the ball more, but like I said, they got nothing to take the, the pressure off him, so I expect the same type of defense against him. 49ers, surprising little uh, game that they played last night, are going to be at Heinz Field playing the Steelers. What are you guys... Uh, what are I you got guys? a question for you first. Yeah. You watched that game last yeah. night? So what, how did you feel, as I know Mr. San Francisco that you are, and I'm, I've been an anti-Colin Kaepernick guy here, Trent Dillhole was blowing Cop- Kaepernick all night long. Can we yeah. not talk about how bad the announcers was? Yeah, That's it was all terrible. I've listened to all day long. Yeah. But <laughs> no, they were terrible. But but did you hear me? He was just trying to make like anything that Kaepernick was doing. He was making it into to just like the greatest thing. I, Kaepernick does not look great to me. He's he, he's just throwing the same balls. He's he's just winging it, and uh, he worries me. But the team looked good. If Hyde can 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 do half of that this year, they're gonna be better than I thought. Um, but I did say I, th- I think they're a 500 team this year. I, I don't think they're that bad. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to say this: um, Hyde looked awesome, God. but he also looked like uh, he was getting beat up. And I'm going to tell you right now: I know that he gets injured, and he will get injured if he keeps if they keep busting him like this. I'm telling you, dude. He was getting up and limping sometimes, and he was begging to get off the field. You guys saw it. I didn't see the close up on him. Dude, yeah. get me off. Get me off. I'm telling you, if they keep running him that hard and running him that much, he's going to get injured. And he's, and yeah, he, that's just the way he is. With Reggie Bush now, ailing, oh, yeah. now you're, you're exposing him more. Although, this week against Pittsburgh, I think he's going to have a good week. Yeah, Pittsburgh's defense is pretty porous. Yeah, I'm not doubting that. <laughs> <laughs> and that yeah. was a pretty sick spin move that he did to score the touchdown. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, my God. You know, what? That so, was very impressive. Uh, you don't keep... I'm, AP actually put that same type of spin move on, um, flipping around yet landing on two feet and still running. The way that High did that, that was very impressive. I was extremely impressed with his game last night. I'm just warning, maybe in week five or six, if he's still rolling, sell High, get the world for him, and again, believe me, you'll be happy about it. You know, and again, thinking about this game and with the Steelers, with their weak defense, it is a very weak defense. You have opportunities. Look, Julian Edelman. Went off over 11 receptions against them. Julian Edelman, who wasn't even at 100, percent right? Yeah. So now you're you're rolling in here. Who is that guy for for the 49ers? Because I'm gonna tell you what. After watching their first game, it's not Torrey Smith. You know, Torrey Smith uh, seemed like he was lost trying to figure out the offense, and their chemistry together did not look good. No. Uh, Anquan Bolden, maybe, but again, it's you know he's just it's all gonna be a lot of underneath routes and things like that, and. I have a, a feeling that the 49ers are, would rather, to your point about beating Carlos Hyde into the ground, they'd rather come at you and just run most of the time and yeah. then just kind of throw in some underneath passes. I'll say the last point and I'll let you jump in. The surprising guy to me was the reemergence of Vernon Davis going uh, across on uh, crossing patterns and making impactful plays. Yeah, he also um, was barely able to catch the ball. Yeah, it seemed like every catch he did make, he was bobbling, and yeah. every drop he made was Vernon Davis. <laughs> um, it, it was a little ugly. Here's the problem with um, a Torrey Smith on this type of team. The reason why Kaepernick was doing okay with Crabtree and Bolden is because neither of them have speed. 
I don't think that Kaepernick's arm can catch up to, or his brain doesn't catch up to his arm and get those guys <laughs> on crossing pad. I'm telling you, that Torrey Smith's too fast. You know what it is, though? Th to think about it. Kaepernick has one of the longer releases yeah. in the game, so maybe when he sees it, the time that it would take a normal quarterback is half the time for him to... To cock back and make the long throw, exactly. and by the time he does, it's it's underthrown or it's behind. It or just it, it's not a good connection. I think it was a terrible signing by the Crabtree. Crabtree might have the best hands in the league. He just does. You can say whatever you want about him. He is a top, top, top catcher with great hands. Teams. Sure, got yeah, great hands. That's why he benefit. That's why Colin, Colin Kaepernick benefited so much from him because he's able to just make these great catches and and, and bail him out with his bad passes. Not Torrey Smith's uh, strong suit at all. Bolden's pretty great at it too. Yeah. Not Vernon Davis's strong suit. So you're gonna there's gonna be a lot of missed passes in that offense. There have been, and there's gonna continue to be so. And as soon as people start to figure out exactly what you were just saying right there, they're gonna start bunching up against Hyde and it's gonna be Trubs a little bit. Yeah. You know who's gonna bunch up against Hyde? The Steelers. They're a good rush defense. Why do they get like we're acting like Hyde's gonna run all over them? No, that's true. Last week they did fine against. <laughs> last uh, week the they did fine. They've been better than average against running backs last year as well. Where they struggle is against the pass. Yes, yeah. I mean, these the, they're gonna have to throw to beat the Steelers. This is gonna be a Carlos Hyde type of game. So go ahead and play them all you want at, with your short memory. Um, you know. But just have a little bit of patience here. There might be nobody else. Okay. You know, who else is b back there? I don't even know whose backup is now. Jared Hain? Uh, you know, Reg Reggie Bush is, what, they're calling it a calf strain now, but he needs an MRI. Let's go over to the other side of the ball. So let's, let's talk Steelers. What's, we got one more game without Mr. Le'Veon Bell. You got three more games without uh, Martavis Bryant. Antonio Brown's Antonio Brown. I'm so pissed that I didn't take that guy first overall in one league. He's just so good and consistent. It's just too 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 easy. Uh, Antonio Brown is. Yeah, we're well, gone. But Antonio Brown's awesome. You know, this he's he's the X factor that just outweighs any matchup or anything that that he faces. So the other fact is that wow, how good did D'Angelo Williams look? He at least gave. You know, he, well, now he gives going into this game, San Francisco, a lot of tape to look at and a lot of things to worry about and, and having to legitimately plan to stop D'Angelo Williams. Not like it was a foregone afterthought like he's been for the last year and a half to two years. So now that gives Ben a little bit more time. Where did Ben go, though? Was, was Marcus Wheaton really becoming a major benefactor of, of everything that happened? No. Ben goes where Ben feels most comfortable. That's Antonio Brown, and that's Heath Miller. Look at the reverts of Heath Miller, and, and because he trusts him. You talk about hands with Michael Crabtree, D-Rex. Yeah. Well, this is a guy that he trusts, and he knows he's going to make the play, he's going to do the smart thing, and he's going to control the ball. And he punishes defenses. That too. Yeah, absolutely. No, Heath, Heath Miller should have should get peppered in, in this one. He and like he did last game as well. He should. Antonio Brown last year, by the way, at home had only one game where he didn't catch a touchdown, and he went nine for ninety in that one. He's a no-brainer in this one. He's the number one receiver in the league this this week. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I think that Heath Miller's going to get some good play in this one. Wheaton didn't look that bad. Wheaton didn't look that bad. He he made one boneheaded kind of drop, um, but uh, he and Hayward Bay both got seven plus targets apiece last Hayward week. Hayward Bay got seven plus targets. I mean, that they, they just can't wait for Martavis to get back. You yeah. Because they, they, they got to throw long. I mean, that 
We you know, was, when you got Antonio Brown stuffing up that middle so much, and you got D'Angelo Williams running the way he was, or when Le'Veon gets back, rim running the way he does and taking up the middle, you that Martavis Bryant is going to be just a gem of the bunch coming. But they got to throw it long. Yeah. And Hayward Bay was the one who was beating guys deep, and why not throw because it? Because he's, but he also shares hands with Vernon Davis. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even if he had caught that one long pass, would have had ninety, just short of hundred yards. He came down with it, but it, it smacked off the ground. It was a that was a nice 30, 40 yard catch. Well, see, but there, that, there's always going to be those opportunities in the offense. But the, the fact is, to me, what, what it solidified is that, yeah, he gave those guys chances. But when the game was coming down toward the end and they needed to get everything done, it was Heath Miller and it was Antonio Brown. Yeah. That's where everything was going. He was trying to establish the young guys. Really. He was trying to get these guys to develop. You know, And I just want to say one thing, too, because if anyone had watched that Minnesota-San Francisco game, you're going to say, wait a minute. The 49ers defense was... On fire in that game. Why? Why shouldn't we expect them to give fits to San, to, to the to the Steelers? I think a couple reasons. One, Minnesota's offense was atrocious in that game. They abandoned the run early. They they only ran the uh, only ran the ball. I think it was like with, with Adrian Peterson twenty percent four times. Four times first twenty percent twenty percent of their first down uh, carries yeah. were first down plays. Uh, terrible game plan. Terrible game plan. And, and Teddy Bridgewater looked like Colin Kaepernick as I usually like. He was overthrowing everybody, oh God, missing terrible. open receivers. So you know it's a very imperfect game by Minnesota. They did not look ready to play. So I don't give that much credit to San Francisco's defense in that one. I give a ton of credit to San Francisco's defense, even though the Minnesota offensive line is terrible. Terrible. Uh, that's going to be a major issue all season yeah. long. Uh, you know, Matt Khalil needs to get his life back together. Whatever happened there has, yeah. you know, fallen apart. But, you know, Pittsburgh's offensive line is not going to be as terrible. But they are going to be missing the center, Marquise Pouncey, again. And that worries me because you watched the game last night, and all they did was shoot the A-gaps with linebackers. Shoot the A-gaps with linebackers. You know, Navarro Bowman's just getting, shooting in there. Getting Bowman back is was so huge for that defense. You could tell the whole team rallied around it. Everybody was playing way above their capabilities, possibly, because of Bowman. And watching Bowman go all out like that again, wow, that was fun to watch, dude. Because that guy, when he's on, best linebacker in the league. Yep. Plain and, and simple. And he's going to keep blitzing up the A-gap. It's just going to destroy this offensive line in the middle. So I don't like D'Angelo at all. The, the new thing in the NFL is blitzing straight up the middle. It's been destroying the interior of offensive line in like five to seven games last week. You just saw offenses like could not run. Uh, there was points where uh, Philly was doing it to uh, Atlanta and Tevin Coleman getting blown up in the backfield. Devonta Freeman getting blown up in the backfield. Yeah. There was a ton of that around the league this weekend. Yeah, but what was working for the uh, for, for Pittsburgh was uh, D'Angelo going out around the ends and working off of. Uh, you know, tackle sweeps and stuff like that. He was doing fine with those, and that that's something that I think that they can maybe do against San Francisco a little bit. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. But wow, D'Angelo looked good. Not too. I mean, it's for a like while. A, yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week. He, I think he was slowing down after a couple quarters, but uh, not too bad. Not too bad. All right, let's go to Buccaneers. Are going to be down in the Mercedes Benz Superdome. What are we? Um, what do you want to see out of that? You know. What happens? First pass of his entire career. Uh, good old Joe Boo wins, throws a pick six. You guys know the the, the previous guy to do that, right? No. Right. Brett first, 
Brett Favre, first pass he threw his pick six. That's right. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> For Jerry Glanville's Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Atlanta. Oh, that's a good point. Interesting. Um, so, what do you think? Do you think, obviously, everyone's on uh, Marcus's jock right now because he had that great game. Um, do you think Winston's going to turn it around or, or is he going to get what you saw there? I said it before the season. I said it dur- during the, all the drafts. I said it during our draft. I would have taken Mariota over Winston. Any day of the week, any day of the week. It's just I just didn't see it out of Winston, but uh, he'll get Mike Evans back this week, I believe, and that's going to make a difference. Um, the Saints can be beaten through the air, and Mike Evans will be a difference in that happening. So Winston will have a better week. Uh, I don't think it's going to be uh, what Mariota did by any means, but uh, th- there could be a lot of points scored in this one. There, there probably should be a lot of points scored in this one. Yeah, I, there, there should be, but you know. I'm not going to sit here and well, well, we're talking about Tampa Bay, so I'll, we'll talk about Mariota when we get there. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to put as much credit when you're going against the Tampa Bay defense. That true is really I'll give you that true. really porous. So, um, but in this game, you Drew know, Brees, yeah, <laughs> this is a great day for for Drew, Drew Brees, and this is a game for Brandon Cook to get back off of his night of, of what he did in the first week and. And, and possibly be able to make bigger strides. I also look for Brandon Coleman to become a bigger part of the offense in this week. So you're going to have a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, also also look for you know if, if Bishop Sankey can run against that team, mm-hmm. then this is a fantastic opportunity for Mark Ingram to get his game going as well. Absolutely, fully agree with you. I think all the Saints are playable yeah. this week. Um, and I, mean, I don't even know what the, the, one of the big question marks I guess is: Will C.J. Spiller be back? If C.J. Spiller's back, you can't expect another eight-reception game out of Ingram uh, for 90-some yards. But how amazing is it that he showed now that he has that part of his game? Remember, when he first came out, that was the big knock on him. You're only going to get one catch per game on a Mark Ingram. He's just a, a running back. Well, you were also Iowa, had other you're wearing an Iowa City t-shirt, too. Yeah, damn You're, like, right, sponsored man. by Iowa right now. I he's got am. an Iowa hat on. He just took off an Iowa pretty dope Nike. Now he's got an Iowa diner or something. Right, the Bluebird there. Lounge. You are the man. You, went, you did some nostalgic shopping on your trip. <laughs> hey, man, day. I enjoyed my time in Iowa City. <laughs> I recommend everyone to go there. The thing is, is that the Saints are another one of those types of teams, like New England, that have roles. And when they don't have a guy to be able to play that C.J. Spiller role, they just filled it in with Ingram. That's just what they had. They weren't about to turn to Marcus Murphy uh, to do it in the first game of the year when they needed a win on the road. No, that's, that's, that's not, gonna, not what's going to happen. So it doesn't surprise me that Ingram got those catches. It doesn't surprise me that he was in that position. But they'd rather have C.J. Spiller in that position. That's for sure. Um, and if he comes back, that's what's going to happen. Well, Kiri got five, too. Yeah, exactly. You know, five for 51. And the thing is, I don't know. They might take it easy with the C.J. Spiller in a, in a game that you know might be True. winnable. They're at home. Drew Brees throws for, like, what, 20 more yards at home? Mm-hmm. And his touch throws for, like, 10 higher uh, QB rating, 10, 10 points higher, uh, like 50 more touchdowns at home than on the road. There was a stretch of, I think, three years in a row where he threw for 330 and th- over three touchdowns a game. Per game, it was pretty insane. But He's the guy on. that needs to be in the dome. Yeah. yeah, he does. And then, you know, Mark Ingram, yeah, he needs to be able to run the ball. You know, the receiving game made up for it. They ran a ton of screens. A ton of screens. I've never seen so many screens ran uh, in a game to a halfback. And it was just insane. I'm surprised they didn't get Mer- Drew Brees killed out there. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, the thing is, you know, is Brandon Cooks going to make a, you know, referral? Who's going to guard him? You know, there's no Patrick Peterson. Peterson anymore, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I said last week, I'm worried. If Patrick Peterson's back, that's a tough matchup for Brandon Cooks. He's got the the speed to keep up with him and the size to overwhelm him. I couldn't believe it was uh, he lasted the whole game with it, though. That's what was impressive. And that was my dispute with that. I didn't think that <laughs> Peterson would be able to last the whole game keeping up with Cooks, but he did. Uh, he held him to, what, four for 49 or something like that? And, yeah. what, one rush for four yards or something like that? Yeah, That's there was a pretty good ca- over-shoulder the catch. That was pretty much the extent of his yeah. This is also part of the problem. Remember, they made the trade of Jimmy Graham to bring in Max Unger to help on the offensive line. Why were they running so many screens and everything? Because they needed to get rid of the ball quick because it, the line still was not giving Drew Brees the adequate protection that he needs in order to put have the long routes for Brandon Cooks to, to, to use his speed to his advantage. It's also a good way to, to beat that... Arizona front. That's uh, just the way you got well, to do it. Well, it's also a great idea to do when you're trying to put stuff on tape for the next defense that you're going to face. Because, you know, if you are struggling, it is smart to, to have the, the screen put passes. And if you are able to run the screen effectively, those of you know we are a Bears team that before Trustman or whatever, we never knew how to run a screen pass. No. So uh, some teams do it well. They do it extremely well. In New Orleans, and they set it up, and they're and they're always have their blockers downfield, and linemen are right right downfield with them. That then puts all this stuff in, in in doubt for defenses. And if they do that heavy for the first couple of weeks, now all of a sudden that's gonna that in its own right will create more opportunities downfield for Brandon Cooks. A lot right? of Just, for sure. Yeah, misdirection is keeping the defense on their heel. You know, guessing for an extra half second. It's smart. Coleman um, is a guy that a lot of people are talking about with the waiver wire coming up this week. Uh, had that nice touchdown. Looked big. Looked like he was a great blocker. He's going to get a lot of opportunities this year. What are your thoughts on him in this game and kind of uh, trajectory for the season? Uh, you think he's going to have a nice season? Yeah. Grab him. If he's on your waiver wire, go grab him immediately. Uh, he's going to be, I mean... They're going to mix and match with the, the number two receiver there. It's obviously going to be Cooks, uh, you know, for, for the year. But, yeah, it's going to be a Coleman. I mean, he's just as big as a, a Colston. He's uh, younger. He's hungrier. He's he's faster. He's got just more in the tank. Um, yeah, grab him immediately because this Saints offense is still going to throw the ball a ton whether they want to run it or not. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. He ran more plays than Colston. And Colston just didn't look great. Didn't show anything that was inspiring and I think he just might be a little bit long in the tooth at this point in his career but the real question about this team is are they going to be able to incorporate a a tight end into the passing game are they going to be able to get Josh Hill on his sub package plays where he only played like 20% of the snaps are they going to be able to get Ben Watson involved in the passing game even though he played pretty much every snap that there was yeah what do you have like three for 19 or something like that lackluster and 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 Josh Hill didn't even have a target yep yeah, against the worst uh, defense against tight ends over the last 10 years. Uh, if I, so. if uh, I had those guys, which I had one of them in, uh, in FanDuel, it made me say, I need a Valverde. What's up, douche Bigelow? How'd you sleep last night? Fine, Speed Racer. What'd you do, valet your bed? Uh, no, but I'll self-park it in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything, let's talk about the other side. Uh, Bucks, anything to talk about? Do they, we talk about them enough? Do they, we want to move they on? need Mike Evans back. Period. Uh, and that's going to change the look of their offense. Hopefully, it opens up some holes for Doug Martin. Doug Martin was very effective in his carries, but it's a, he's a game flow dependent guy. How often are the Bucks going to be up 
allowing him to get you know twenty carries a game. That was the game. You know, yeah, Tennessee. That it's going to limit his upside severely. He's never going to be more than a running back two if they can't give him fifteen to twenty carries. And I don't know that their defense is good enough to do that. You know, Austin Sperian Jenkins had one legit touchdown and one crap garbage time touchdown. So you can think of him what you might, but I still think he's going to be a guy who hits or misses every week. Agreed. Uh, Vincent Jackson looked long in the tooth, didn't see that explosion, didn't see anything you know majestic out of him. Um, <laughs> yeah, out of 11, I think he got, what, 4 of 11 or 4 of 12 targets for, what, 40-something yards? Yeah. He Not benefits much. immensely from having Evans out there. Evans is the thing that makes that whole thing tick. Absolutely. So you need to have Evans to have the respect to allow Vincent Jackson to do what he does, to have Austin Severian Jenkins have the freedom and to have Doug Martin not have to have the line stacked up against him. And, and Charles Sims looked amazing, not. <laughs> Charles Sims is, 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 is worthless. Don't even I, I don't think he's him. an NFL running back. I he's an he, afterthought in fantasy and in the NFL. 100%. The thing is, he played more snaps than Doug Martin did after because they were trailing. That's going to be a scary thing all season long. Until they figure out that he can't even handle that role, and then they give it a, either to Martin for the three-down role, they give it to Rainey or, or, or James. Please just give it to Rainey. Like, yeah. That guy at least looks like he has a little bit. Absolutely. He's got a little bit of juice. He's got anger in his runs. Let's move on to the next game. Lions at the Vikings. We talked a little bit about the Vikings from the Monday night game last night. Um, is AP, are they going to write this wrong? Are they going to figure out the uh, game plan? Is AP going to get... Uh, 20, 25 carries, or as an AP owner and our AP owners out there, should we be shitting bricks? <sighs> that's uh, that's a good question. I I wouldn't be shitting bricks, but that offensive line does not look very good. I, I think they'll figure some things out. I think they just got to spread things out a little bit more. Um, they they weren't getting AP in space for him. They tried a few times with some swing passes and and uh, a toss here and there, but they just they ran him right up the got too many times and that wasn't working it was just the the offensive line just wasn't creating any holes in the middle at all so they've got to get him in space um and North Turner can do that he knows how to do that and he'll I think they'll do that in the future um I just don't think they had a very good game plan for that first game um this one's going to be at home and it's against a team that they know a lot about so I think that this will definitely be a better one for him he likes playing at home first and foremost he likes playing against the Lions second so I, I would expect a nice bounce back game for him, but it's it's going to take a little bit for him to get in the flow of this offense because you got I mean he didn't play it in it at all last year. It's going to take a little bit of time, but don't you know don't be shitting bricks and don't sell them low. That's for sure. Uh, what do you got to say? Anything about Teddy? Anything about the uh, wide receiver crew? I mean, they, all the wide receivers need to sort of step it up. I didn't see anything incredibly special out of anybody. Nobody seemed to cause separation, and when they did, Teddy overshot them. <laughs> uh, that, that offensive line didn't give him much time, and he was sort of just—he looked—he looked jumpy. Uh, you know, he was sort of jumping on his throws, and it, it was a little disconcerting to see there. And they didn't stick with the run at all. You know, that's something that really you know concerns me. They—they—they've got to be a run first team. I, you know, you've got AP. You've got to know that you need to be a run first team. Like that'll set up everything else. That'll bring the play action off. The real question is, you know. Tight end usage, they used a lot of different guys, mixing and matching a lot of two tight end sets. Kyle Rudolph was out there for, you know, the most tight end passing plays. But he didn't really show anything inspiring. And he's a guy who I'm sort of concerned about. 
with all these other tight ends sort of taking off in their offenses, you know, what's to happen with Kyle Rudolph? I still think he was, I, th I think he was fine. Um, like you said, Bridgewater was just way off. And I mean, if he was throwing him close to Rudolph, he was catching him. The only problem with Rudolph is that he doesn't have a lot of power. I mean, he is a he is a bigger guy, but he doesn't have a lot of power. Like he can get he can get tackled by a safety without a problem, and that's a problem. But the the thing is, is that last week they tried, or a couple days ago, whatever they tried to start it with spreading the offense to get AP room. So they were throwing the ball like, hey, this is what we did in the preseason. We were doing it well in the preseason. Bridgewater was hooking up with these guys. Watch, we could still do this. Wasn't working, okay? You're going against first-team defenses. We're ready for that shit now. We're actually playing hard instead of, you know, preseason crap. So they, they came in with a completely wrong game plan. They're going to come into this one with the right game plan. You're right. They're going to establish that run first, make sure teams know that AP can beat them. And once teams realize, shit, AP's back. We, gotta, we really got to watch out for this guy. Believe me, Charles Johnson and Mike Wallace and Kyle Rudolph will be just fine. You throw in a three-wide receiver set with Jarius Wright. And it's going to be trouble for defenses. This is a dynamic offense. And Bridgewater actually has some smarts and has some moves. He can move around out there. He put a great poised move out there when he was being rushed from the left side by two guys. Quick spin, moved around out to the left, avoided them both, came up with a first down pass. Or was it a first down pass? Yeah, it was a first down pass to uh, uh, Rudolph over there in the middle. So they have some stuff going on in this offense. And it's not going to be easy to guard them once they get AP back established. I really think it was a mistake not getting AP involved in the preseason. I really do. Because I know he hasn't played in the preseason in like five years. But I don't care, man. The guy's missed a year and hasn't played in this offense. They had to establish what was going on and at least figure out in real-time action what he could do for this offense. So it, it took a week for them to figure out, fuck. All right, we got to do it differently, guys. Big, uh, big point. The, 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 and, the, and the biggest... Part where you could see that in that Monday night game was when they were Bridgewater under center, and he's going to trying to give the handoffs to to Peterson. Peterson looked a little bit tentative. They they didn't seem like they were in the same rhythm with each other. Mm -hmm. So that's where that preseason work would have been very helpful. Absolutely. So um, yeah, I, I definitely see that. And the last point I'll make, and we can move on from Minnesota over to yeah. to Detroit, is that Kyle Rudolph. I Norm Turner's got the best chance to make him into anything. And, and I just, I'm not seeing it, you know. When he was his effectiveness, uh, at the height of his effectiveness, when he came in as a, as a rookie or in his second year, it was making touchdown catches because he's never been a big yardage guy. I mean, I don't think he's had more than three. He had not, never surpassed 400 yards in a season, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, it was when he was catching six, seven touchdowns and you're projecting on, oh, he'll become this, he'll become this. You know, well, they've been saying that Jay Cutler could become a great quarterback for how many years? He's 32 years old now. I see the same path for Kyle Rudolph as being one of these guys that, man, he might have a ton of potential and he's, he's, he does all these things and, he, and he'll make the savvy catches. But the one part of his game that he doesn't have that you saw on display but from these other tight ends this week was speed. Yeah. He can't run away from anybody. Yeah, it's a good point. You want to know what, who I'm running away from? Not a Valverde. I mean, new high score. Is that bad? What's that mean? Should I break it? <laughs> New high score. Let's go to the Lions. Uh, CJ friggin' uh, 81 put up a dud ski. And um, I don't know what to think. Amir looks good. Stags, talk to us. Go give us a little Lions breakdown. Mo style. I mean... <laughs>
Calvin Johnson didn't look like he was able to separate, and that was very concerning. The The corners for San Diego are incredibly underrated. Flowers is, you know, a great sort of, you know, size player. He doesn't have much speed, but he could stay with the guys with with size pretty well. And, and Barrett uh, is a guy who can move with these littler guys. And that, that's a great sort of combo on the outside for San Diego. They're a great pass defense. They've got great... You know, presence up front to be able to dominate. Uh, you know, offensive lines. You know, on passing downs, not so much on running downs. Uh, so, you know, I was a little concerned not seeing Calvin Johnson be able to separate, and then the targets also weren't there. I expected they didn't. The thing was, they didn't run very many plays. I think they ran like forty-seven total offensive plays. You know, the NFL average is sixty-four. Uh, you know, for last week, and they were just. You know, just at 47 plays, they're in the least amount of plays in the league. That gives a lot of time for very little rushes. I think they ran it like 16. They hardly ran the ball. 16 to 18 total times between the two backs. Uh, And then, you know, there wasn't very much passing either. It was just sort of a scary, scary little game plan. And they didn't have the ball enough with, you know, Phillip Rivers playing that dink and dunk style that killed the clock. It killed the clock, which is how San Diego managed to do a lot of damage last year where these long drives and keep you off the field. But the fact that it remained that when they gave up on the run, they ran the ball 15 times to their running backs. 15 times in the game between all the running backs. Amir Abdullah, in the beginning of the game, busted out a huge run for a touchdown. So you already showed that you could be effective. His first, his first run of his, his of was career. Was it, yeah. Yeah, okay, first, first run career, of his career. NFL so, career. So that's insane in its own right, and then you just completely abandon it, and and then it was just ineffective passing. Again, and you're right. Calvin Johnson, that was... I did not like seeing the way that he was handled out there by the by the Chargers. Well, well this is not my first Valverde of my career. I am a genius. I'm rich and brilliant. Uh, uh. <laughs> nice. No That's, idea. Um, one thing I'll say when I when I was watching uh, that game, they were really laying off him. And the problem with that system is they send Calvin way too deep every time. Like, Calvin doesn't have that Demarius Thomas kind of like, let's hit Calvin on the line anymore. They're always sending him long, and I agree. He's, he, 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 they just they double up they double up over there, and they play it, they move with safety closer, and the other guy's off, and they never just like have the guy sit down at five, seven yards and get the yardage. They're always trying to get him with some, like, you know, big play, and I think they got to figure out a way to make him into more of a, a, a short route and, and, and possession-esque Receiver, it's, it's going to have to happen at some point in this conversion to his to his twilight years. He's not going to be Randy. Randy Moss couldn't do that. Randy Moss couldn't become something other than what he was and become a possession guy. If if, if CJ wants to be around for another five six years in this league, he's going to have to be like Jordan at the end of his career and bring a new wrinkle to his game and not just be a post um, deep runner route runner anymore. Randy Moss was never in the position to do something like that. He kept switch at the end of his career with switching teams. He didn't have something established. Here's the thing with the Detroit. If they don't get it, especially after this first game against San Diego, if they don't get it, they're not going to get it. 
So they better start making some changes at that. If they want to get their best player involved in that offense, they're going to have to switch something up. You can't yeah. just keep doing that because doubling them all, all, all year long, that's not going to help your team. Yeah. You know, you got to do something else. So hopefully they figure it out and do, and do something a little different there because Calvin deserves better than what he got in that first game. Well, one thing I'll say is we'll give a congratulations to Golden Tate as well. I'm pretty sure he got engaged to his uh, fiance now the same day that Houdini did. See, we and him, well, you were wearing, you were wearing like Blackhawks outfits. He was wearing like this nice white suit. Well, you know, he was all dressed up. We have our like own styles. Like, we each have our own styles. You look yeah. like you just got like out of a WWE event or something. When you <laughs> went. <laughs> it was 94 degrees out of that means anything. <laughs> that, that, that's that's hot. Um, all right, so Golden Tate is he's gonna is this helping him the whole. What, what, what's the situation besides Calvin? They say they're going to give Amir every opportunity to get more and more opportunity. I think you got to love what you got there. But uh, what are your thoughts on um, Golden Tate? Sure, it's great for Golden Tate. I mean, so he, he ended up with uh, eight targets, only had four catches for 24 yards. But if, you know, if they're going to continue to not get it and they're going to continue to send Calvin Johnson deep, then the guy who's going to get the benefit, beneficiary of all those at the line passes and on all the all the mid mid routes where you can turn them into bigger plays is Golden Tate. So you know because once again, I mean, did you see anything out of Eric Ebron? Yes, that, yeah, did, got a yeah, touchdown. I know, but do you see enough? Most I've ever seen out of him. I that, think. Well, that's the first time you've seen anything out of him. <laughs> I was saying it last week. Um, you weren't here for it, but Ebron having that year under his belt. Tight ends when they're rookies just don't get it. It takes a year. And he's put in a lot of work over the offseason. He, he still has the drop sheets, but he got better. No, he, sure. no, he had five targets, four catches. Uh, was it 43 or 53 yards in the touchdown? Yeah. 53 yards in the touchdown. So, But the thing is, again, was anyone on the Chargers defense before the game paying any attention or doing anything to worry about Eric Ebron? No, not really. So this is also one of those things where you can sneak up on somebody, but now if he's going to actually take his game to the next level, this is where I'm just I'm I'm still cautiously optimistic. With still, and then I'll, I'll point over the stack. Still, still think it's hit or miss like uh, Austin Ferenczik. Yes, you got to think that out of all the weapons they do have on that offense, he's still even if he gets a touchdown for the next three weeks, he's still the one you got to worry about the least. Yeah, they got still, a lot of weapons there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Amir Abdullah helps him immensely. Yeah, uh, he got a huge share of the targets, uh, you know, like 20%. Um, you know, that's a big share for any tight end. So if you're getting that sort of weekly sort of workload, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Uh, I think he took a big step forward. He looked like he knew the playbook. He always looked like he was in the right spot. And he ran crisp, clean routes. And we knew how athletic he was already. Yeah. So he's a guy, I want to see it one more time. And then I'll be full in. One more time. Celebrate. <laughs> I need to see it nine times. <laughs> good luck. Oh, good stuff. Uh, but Go yeah, he's still going to be the guy who's not thought about. But then there was, you know, seasons when Brandon Pettigrew had like, what, 77 catches? 90. 80, 90 catches? Like, yeah, Ebron can have, he, he's going to be more explosive than Pettigrew ever was. And that's going to be, if he keeps... But that's not saying a lot. Pettigrew is... When we started this podcast, we used to rip on Pettigrew so much because that's when he was getting those catches. Like, Pettigrew, 11 catches, 13 yards. He ran like he he had cement (laughs) shoes on. (laughs) I'll tell you another thing that helps out someone like an Ebron or even a Tate or whatever. Um, The fact that Detroit's defense has taken a couple of steps back. 
And when you are giving up points, you're obviously going to turn to the pass more, and that's what's going to happen. Ebron's going to have to get more involved. Uh, and that's just, I don't know, it's the way the NFL. <laughs> you're behind by points, you turn to the pass. So let's, let me ask you this, and does that open things up in this game? Who is that going to be on? Is it, is it Charles Johnson, or is it Mike Wallace? Uh, that's going to be the benefactor uh, against Detroit here. I think that Charles Johnson probably get, gets a little more pepperage here. He's, uh, he's he, he, I think he can take it more over the middle than a Wallace can. Wallace showed he can do it last year because he did it for Miami with the, the, the short patterns. Uh, but I think that Charles Johnson is more of the big body, uh, big hands type of possession guy that I think that, I mean, that would be my call if I was to look at it, that Bridgewater would be targeting a little bit more. Nice. I, I, I'm excited to see that game because there are so many question marks. Stag party. Just a quick question. Who would you guys rather have rest of the season? Austin Spurian Jenkins, Jordan Reed, or Eric Ebron? And these are probably guys who are on all, you know, close, maybe 75% of waiver wires. Uh, I would, I'll, mind if I go first? Go ahead. Austin Spurian Jenkins, no doubt for me, and I'll tell you why. One, Reed will be injured next game. Uh, <laughs> I knew that was coming eventually. <laughs> I thought he was going to say Reed and totally forget how much he's hated on him. Oh, no, no, that's uh, it. Uh, <laughs> my mom beat me this morning and said, You hate Jordan Reed, you hate Jordan Reed. I was waiting for with that. Reed? Reed is my guy. What you guys miss is that I slept at my mom's last night. Anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, it's not Jordan Reed. I just can't see him lasting, and he won't last. Don't pretend like he will just because he had one good game. But second, Tampa Bay is going to be behind a lot more than Detroit is. Detroit does have a good team. Detroit has better weapons uh, on offense than Tampa Bay does. Tampa Bay is going to have to turn to the pass a lot more. And being a rookie quarterback, rookie quarterbacks tend to depend on the shorter pass and the tight ends a little bit more. Stafford... We already know he loves his Calvin Johnson. He already, And we know that he loves his Golden Tate. I just don't see Ebron keeping it up the same way that Austin Sperry and uh, Jenkins can. Not that he's the end-all, be-all, but if I had to pick one of the three, I'd say ASF. All right, well, uh, before we move on to the next game, I want to give a little prior roll promo here. Um, if you haven't yet or you're intrigued by it, um, I think you should sign up uh, for Pyro Pro. It's humming and going along quite nicely. Uh, we got a bunch of people signing up, and on a, literally a daily basis, we're improving the experience. But it's an awesome thing. You can ask us uh, direct second opinions, which are questions. We'll answer them. You can check out a dashboard of your own thir of 30 players that you can follow, and dogs player rankings will come in, and our news feeds will come in. You can use this interface in the dashboard for Pyro Pro. And not even go to the front end pyro free because all of our content you're going to get supplied there as well. Uh, pretty awesome. We're actually going to add a feature that should be up in the next week where we're going to let people add multiple teams. So some people have been saying to me, hey, you know, I want to be able to compartmentalize my teams and I'm in four leagues and I have more than 30 players. So instead of us giving you one little slot and going up to 50 players, we're going to allow you to do multiple teams. Uh, so in Pyro Pro, if you're already there, you're going to be able to have three separate teams with all your guys. You'll be able to go up to more, probably like five. We can't go nuts. But um, that'll be a great, great um, addition to that. So check that out. It's 40 bucks for the year. It's $10 for the month, $5 for the week. If you just want to dip your uh, toes in the water and see if this works for you, I'll go ahead and do it. We'll do our best to uh, fire it up. We're all going to each be start doing uh, the last couple weeks have been pretty crazy with the season getting up and all the drafts we do and all this craziness. But we're going to start doing our video casts again 
individually. I know Houdini is going to be doing uh, pickups, video cast on uh, Sunday night, maybe Monday night, and uh, each of us are going to be doing some other podcasts of our own. Uh, we're gonna get stags a Fiji bottle because it doesn't make stupid noises. <laughs> that was the that was the fly's fault. You didn't I, see that fly I, fucking attack. Yeah, it landed on my head the whole day. I just want to get you. A, I just want to get you a glass to pour the water into. Yeah, we. That's yeah. a genius idea. I know. I mean, then you don't yeah. no, the I'm so scared of him to spill it. He doesn't want to do it. So scared of him to spill it. I don't want to end up like Houdini all over the leather. <laughs> yeah, but water on the leather is not not nearly as destructive as uh, a Russian Imperial Stout is on the leather. <laughs> <laughs> Russian Imperial Stout says leather, you'd be damned. So check it. Buy that Pyro Pro. Uyagush. Um All right, let's move on to the next game. This one is going to be. I'm going to be at this game. How long have you been a tester? Like ten years. Wow. I used to be an accountant. Then I woke up one day and realized I was miserable, so I walked into my boss's office and I said, Dad, I quit. Dad, nice name drop. Look, at the end of the day, you have to do what you're passionate about. Exactly. Plus, you can't get stoned and be an accountant. Make too many mistakes, you lose people millions of dollars, you get fired. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good times. Well, I'm going to be at this Cardinals game. I'm going early, I'm firing it up, I'm going to be knocking out some some pregame and some uh, tailgating. Uh, pretty excited for that one. Ellington gone <laughs> for two to three weeks. <laughs> Stagfire is all choked up about this being gone for two to three weeks. I am. I am. Because now we all have to make a decision of David Johnson or Chris Johnson. And that's the saddest decision anybody's ever have to make. Don't you know that if you use Johnson & Johnson, there's no more tears? <laughs> that was sort of Very funny. witty. Nice. Good. Funniest thing Houdini's ever said. Dude, uh, I said <laughs> <laughs> so I got a question. Did David Johnson even have a carry after no, one catch? Yeah, one for catch. 55 yards it and was, touched it. It was a nice play. He didn't get <laughs> yeah. any carries. So I think that CJ2K is going to have uh, the lion's share of opportunities. Wouldn't you rather pick up out of those two guys? Yeah, well, that's going to be the safer pickup. And Arian's already said that he's going to go with with Chris Johnson, and they're going to try to ease the rookie in. I mean, that was the whole thing. They they brought in Chris Johnson because they didn't want to have you know put David Johnson into too much of a, a of a of an overroll this early in his in his career. And so now he's kind of thrust into a bigger role. So now you're going to see him start coming in to to spell and and, and to do those things, but. I, I still don't think he's going to get enough of the of the workload in order to be worth more than Chris Johnson at this point in time. If you're looking for waiver wire pickups, is Chris Johnson worth the shit, dog? Uh, yes and no. I mean, he'll, he'll get a little volume, but I think that they're going to find um, find out pretty quickly that he's still. I mean, at this point in his his life and his career, he's still no more than a three and a half to four yards a carry type of guy. He'll get stuffed more often than than not. Uh, I, if I had to invest in the future of the Cardinals' backfield, I'd be going to grab a David Johnson. To be honest, yeah. I, I just don't see Chris Johnson being the end all be all for them. Are you looking rest? If you're looking for like the next week, maybe next two weeks, you're looking Chris Johnson. If you're looking for rest of the season, I would lean David Johnson. Well, yeah. the reason why I'm saying you still go, I, I still go Chris Johnson because it is probably only going to be for two or three weeks. And then Andre Ellington comes back, and Ellington then gets put back into his yeah, role. For, for like 10 plays, yeah. And then he gets injured. Yeah. Well, <laughs> even, even still, it's one of those things that, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I'm, 
Look, I like David Johnson a lot. He was the guy that, if you remember, when I came out with the whole rookie piece, that yeah. I was high on this kid. You know, big kid from Northern Iowa. He showed you he's got the speed. So, you know, now it's just going to be a matter of can he do it and deliver on a weekly basis. The benefit that he'll have that, that he wouldn't have had last year is that he's got Carson Palmer. Yeah. Carson Palmer looked pretty damn good. Damn straight. And uh, I'm glad those. that you kept talking to me up on him in, in the in the off season. Because I ended up getting him as one of my backup quarterbacks in one of my leagues. So it's like I, I'm sitting in that one league. It's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty psyched the way it worked out because of you guys. Eifert is my backup tight end and Palmer is my backup quarterback. That's a beautiful thing. And, and they our, scored more than my starters in week one. Yeah, <laughs> still won. In, in, our, in our main league, Tenny Stegman grabbed a Blake Bortles over a Carson Palmer. Wow. And I think there was about 30 turds dropped in people's pants from laughing so hard. Uh, <laughs> and he's, he, he's still, the whole season going to be about him trying to uh, talk prove, up Blake. prove any. So if he has a big game, we're not, we're not going to stop hearing about and I'm it. not going to believe that's happening at yeah, all. It's <laughs> it's just, it just didn't happen. So how about also, how about my guy John Brown? Yeah, yeah. he was involved for a series. Look, but he's going to be—he's going to stay relevant in that offense. Okay, mm-hmm. you know they—they they were looking for him for a couple times for other deep shots. It just—it wasn't there, so they, they, it got sealed off. But I—I I think that you know the other thing is, you know, did Larry Fitzgerald do? Uh, yeah, he had a great game, he, great so second half. That's what I'm saying. Didn't, didn't didn't he have this, that resurgence that we were thinking was going to happen with him? Second half, and he, he we talked about. Slow. He's the guy that's going to be like it was. Remember when Reggie Wayne was coming off that horrible year, and then all of a sudden he was like the Renaissance man and brought his career back. He's going to be the guy this year. Yeah, he's I, I, I'm telling you that. Fitzgerald has been like he's been down for like he's been like almost like four years now. It's, it's been a couple it's, few years for sure. That, that we're, we're and now he's was kind of like started to resurge a little bit in drafts in his ADP before it all came said and done. But now if you drafted him, if you were like one of those guys who drafted him in the tenth, eleventh, twelfth round, whatever it was, he's gonna pay dividends for it. Absolutely, I, I was talking him up, and I, I it doesn't surprise me at all. The first game he had. But one of the major reasons why it doesn't surprise me at all is because Michael Floyd wasn't involved at all. And once Michael Floyd gets back, that's just a few more targets taken away from those two guys. But we'll, we'll, we'll worry about that down the line. The he had one target. He did have a catch for 18 yards, though. So yeah. did, his, did his fingers get all hurt when he made the catch? I don't know. Well, he actually played more snaps than Larry Fitzgerald and John Brown early in the game. And then left the game, didn't really play in the second half. So... Don't know exactly what happened there, but he played more snaps than. No, what that was, that was a game plan. They wanted to stretch the field a little bit. They wanted to show, hey, he's back, and uh, we're not going to restrict him at all. So you better be pushing your defense back, and then we're going to pepper you over the middle with John Brown and, right. and Larry. Well, and, and okay, let's talk about the other surprise, the first of the Fells, uh, Darren Fells. Hey. <laughs> He's a guy that I've had in my rankings board, and you guys are like, who is that guy? I have had him on my rankings board since the beginning of us putting up our tiers and everything. I've always had him right there on 46, 47, 48, and you guys never put him in there like, Darren nope. Fells, give me a fucking well, break. But, but, but because here's the thing that he, in this game, he defied all odds, okay? Remember, they, Rob Hauser was a guy who was a, a tight end here for a long time. Oh, yeah. But the problem is, it, it, and he never you know, had all the talent in the world, but never materialized in anything. Part of that problem is because it's Bruce Arians' offense. And mm-hmm. usually, Bruce Arians only wants his tight ends to be a blocking guy tight end. Now, Darren Fels has got the blocking tight end body. Let me, let me tell you. 6'8", 280 yeah. or something? Yeah. <laughs> so, 
if he's able to show the soft hands that he showed in this game, you know, uh, this is still one of those ones, as, as, uh, as was brought up to me, D-Rex, as I, as I did my waiver, I goes, what about these fouls guys? You're going to put yeah. them in there? And I said, I go, the question still is, are you willing to pick one of them up and drop somebody that you have on your team right now for one of these guys? No. And that was the answer. So yeah. this is one of those guys that I think that you put on your, your scout type team, your radar list, whatever you want to call it, uh, that you're watching, your watch list. And start seeing if he puts together another week next week. Where if he is, first of all, is he going to see five targets next week? I there's no guarantee on that. It is the Bears, Bears, right? Maybe, maybe. Um, They gave up the most points to tight ends last year. So this is an important game then for him because against a a, a poor Bears defense, he needs to show. If he doesn't show this week, then that's when you can kind of say, okay, I'm I'm not I'm not in as much. Enamored love that I thought I was. In. I don't even Crush think that that's the, the biggest part of it. The biggest part of it is that he's not the most talented uh, tight end on the team. Uh, first of all, they have Jermaine Gresham. Second of all, didn't they pick up uh, Foria? Or who picked up Foria? I think I think, I think it, was, it was the Arizona. Arizona yeah, it was picked Arizona. up Joseph Foria. So I, he's not the most talented tight end on the team. He had the best game because he's the most familiar with the offense. Uh, but going forward, it's uh, I'm not worried about. It. Let's not talk about the uh, Arizona tight ends. Um, I think John Brown and Fitz will have great games going across the middle against the Bears. That shouldn't be a problem. Uh, uh, Randall Cobb had a a nice little game being the John Brown role. Uh, James Jones on the outside uh, had some good yards. I think that uh, Fitz will take those. And if Floyd comes back, who knows, they'll stretch it against them too. Palmer's going to have a fine game. Other side of the ball, I do not think that Alshon Jeffrey... Even though I've been looking at all the rankings, all these other experts think that he's going to be a top 10 receiver this week. No, I'm sorry. Patrick Peterson will shut him down. Yeah, Period. He can't run away from Peterson. Yeah. And Peterson can jump with anybody. Yeah. He's not going to out-muscle him. He's not going to out-mean him. You know, uh, that's just... And he doesn't have the box-out move that, that Brandon Marshall had. So yes. he can't do that against Patrick Peterson. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's just not going to happen. Eddie Royal is going to be well, the guy that... what, what, You got something different to say there? No, I, I hate Alshon Jeffrey this week. <laughs> yeah, good, good. But I'm usually an Alshon Jeffrey supporter, so I, that's why I have that look on my well, face. Well, how'd you like him, what you saw him last week? Uh, he played like every snap in the game, ran pretty much every pass route they had, was their most targeted receiver. Uh, he's going to be fine on the season. Yeah, I, I think he's going to put up like 75 catches for, you know, 1,100 or so yards and 10 plus touchdowns. If they can find a way to score 10+. plus, I wish, I wish we had video of this one. <laughs> Hold on, let me just show Houdini throwing the ball again, all right? <laughs> the, the long release. Long release. What about Marquise Wilson? He looked okay. Yeah. One nice play. Yeah, a couple of bad, a couple of good, and that's his game. Um, you know, whatever. I, I think actually Eddie Royal actually has a pretty decent game in this one. That's where I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to come into play because... Cutler's going to have to get rid of that ball quick. Yeah. And it's going to be Royal. It's going to be uh, Bennett. Bennett will have a really you have nice to game. operate in the middle of the Arizona defense to beat them in the passing game. You're Absolutely. not going to beat them on the edges. So yeah. you're going to have to to figure out ways. The screen passes don't work against them either. They, they, they swarm too quickly. Um, to, to they gave up like 150 yards on screen passes last week. Yeah. To is. New Orleans. That's all New Orleans did. Yeah. That is all in New Orleans today. That's yeah, true. Okay, you're, you're absolutely okay. I'll, <laughs> deep I'll, deep I'll, breath, deep I'll, breath. I'll eat it on that one. I'll eat it on that one. But 
You know what? Okay, this is also a first game without Todd Bowles because that was a thing that they they didn't give up before. So yeah, that was sure. the uh, not indicative of what they've ever looked like in the past. So if you've watched Arizona over the last two three years, that's that defense swarms right to the point of attack all the time. So I say we don't even talk about Cutler other than the fact he threw another interception at a at a key moment, and we were actually way in that game until that very moment. Uh, but quickly, maybe Forte, but let's move on to the next game. I mean, I just want to talk about Cutler because he also sucked by throwing under 50% of his passes for completions and for like five yards of completion. Like, he just wasn't very good at all. I mean, the thing that they were clamoring about was that the offense looked poised and controlled. And I'm like, yeah, you're in the NFL, bro. Like the offense should be poised and controlled. Yeah, <laughs> you're not a rookie. You've been in the league for ten, exactly. ten fucking years. So you're asking still him not have to a make single rookie down. out there. Everybody should be under control. <laughs> Give me a break here. The fact of the matter is, I was talking about it um, on, on Sunday. When you get down to it, in like the moments where things are needed, there are certain quarterbacks that you know are going to do it, and there are certain ones you know aren't. Jay Cutler, you know, will not do it. Period. Why you would continue to have him as your starting quarterback is beyond me. You know it already. He's proven it year after year after year. He doesn't get it done when it needs to get done. Why would you? Why would you continue to employ that, uh, that guy? He's not going to win you anything. <laughs> well, no. It's just, it's, it's, it, it, he's a great guy that if you play for certain matchups, you got to play him. You know, you don't play him in the games that mean anything. You don't play him in the games <laughs> against Green Bay because he he, he never shows up. Should have started fantasy owners or GMs. I'm, I'm talking no. I'm talking real football. <laughs> he's not real football. Right? No. I know. <laughs> but, but based on his talent, I mean, they, they, there's never been a guy that they've made more excuses for. For as long as they have, and they still continue to, and give them every excuse in the world. Oh, another offensive coordinator, another another coaching staff, whatever the case is, he still will have one of the, some of those games. I think those are going to be later in the year when the Bears have already probably pretty much going through this thing, probably at about like one and seven at that point in time. Then he starts putting up some better numbers. So we'll see. Uh, I got to hand it. Last thing on that uh, on the Bears, there got to hand it to Vegas. They probably made a freaking killing on that, calling that line. What was it? Seven and a half, wasn't it? Uh, something like that. Or yeah, it's right around there. Seven by eight. It suckered. It suckered. Still, it still it suckered a lot of people. You know, I mean, that was a close one. I bet you it ended up going up a little bit right toward Maybe. the end for sure. Well, I heard I heard Vegas just got one of their biggest shellackings ever in the week one of this week's games. Just across the board, they were just getting a out. lot of the favorites lost. Like 10 of the 15 favorites lost. Yeah, they, were a... get, they, were get, they were getting crushed. So, so uh, speaking of Forte real quick, this isn't a Forte game. I mean... No. Uh, he looked good, though. He did. He looked a lot better than I thought. I, he was an afterthought to me. I was like, I'm not going to take him in the second round, so he's not going to be on any of my teams. But he was doing his Forte thing for sure in that game. I mean... Well, he's had like 100 yards rushing for the last... Six career games against Green Bay, but this is not true. But thirty-four rushing attempts. How many? Hundred-yard rushing games. Three, four. Yes, in his last six, yeah, against Green Bay, yeah. Thirty-four rushing attempts they gave him in that game. Yeah, that's and Jesus. He still had eight targets in the passing game. So I didn't realize he had that many carries. No, it was only twenty-four. Oh, twenty-four. Twenty-four. Oh, I'm sorry. My eyes are bad. My eyes are bad. Thirty-two. Thirty-two total touches, though. 32 total touches, eight tar- or oh, I'm sorry, eight targets, so 32 total looks. Your math's bad. My math is all bad right now. <laughs> five receptions for 25 yards. But, but, but the point I'm trying to make is he's going to get the 20-plus carries every game, even with Langford being inserted into this offense because 
Why is Cutler not going to be anything of anything? Because that's the M.O. of what they want to do. They want to go back to being run first, run off, and run all the time, and then spatter in with everything else. That's why Martellus Bennett's going to be the more effective guy that you're going to see in the offense because Elshon Jeffrey is just not going to have that type of a year. This is not an explosive offense. They're, yes, they did it when it was uh, when they were ran this offense in Denver, but that was with Peyton Manning, Demarius Thomas, and, and, and Emmanuel Sanders. You don't have that in Elshon Jeffrey and Eddie Royal, and you know maybe if you had Kevin White, it could be something different. But you don't have that aspect of your game. I just don't think you have a quarterback, which makes everything else negligible. I think a lot of things are going to depend on how well the Bears' defense uh, ends up playing. They happen to play pretty darn well against Green Bay. I don't see that happening the entire year. But I, they wanted to play more conservative because they were actually keeping it a game for a while. Yep. So they wanted to keep that ball away from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers could score well against his team. If, if he, that's the thing. is that, that That's what I was talking about. When it came down to it, you knew that if Green Bay needed a touchdown, they'd get it. If Bears needed a touchdown, they wouldn't get it. Plain and simple. Well, you don't know that. Let's you know. move on. Let's right, move right, on. Right. Let's move, move on. on. Patriots. Patriots at the Bills. Everyone hates the Patriots, says every other team, especially the Bills. Uh, Bills looked real, real nice in that first game. Uh, what? Uh, I mean, they looked real nice, considering just what you're thinking with the Colts. I mean, luck in that whole deal just looked terrible. Do they pull the double freak show? Maybe. I don't know. Getting the crap out of the Colts and then... Get the crap out of the Patriots? That'd be pretty impressive. I don't know if I'm going to bet on it, but wow, that, that, that defense is formidable. Uh, and know. Brady has owned the Bills in his career. I oh, want to say it's like 23-3 yeah. and three against them. Yeah. He's thrown the more touchdowns against them than anybody else. 58 oh, yeah. touchdowns, I think it is. And I think it's the most that any quarterback's thrown against any, any team, team in the history of the NFL. Guys. Those are not the Bills' defense that he's facing this week. We needed to talk about the return of LeGarrette Blunt, who's going to do nothing against the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> yeah, Blunt, right. Because that's what we need to talk about. This is a Dion Lewis. This is a Dion Lewis game. I mean, he might not play as many snaps as he did. He's definitely not going to play as many snaps as he did in that opening game with LeGarrette Blunt back. He's still he's still going to be the hammer. But this Shane Vereen dominated the Bills, and that's where you know Dion Lewis is going to have to play. Uh, you know, just getting open in space. This is going to be another dank and dunk type game. Dank. Um, dank, dank and dunk. Dank and dunk. This is some dank weed, bro. My grandma drank all my pot. That is great. I'm just saying it's cool. I mean, how many people get to say that in their lifetime? I feel like people keep making fun of my speech impediment. That's not and a it, speech impediment. It's That's getting, the wrong it's word. dank instead of dink. <laughs> it's, get, it's getting on my nerves, all right? He's a goddamn Ricky, I said. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at the fridge. We oh, love it. Ricky. <laughs> Stags, keep being you. We love you. That's all we, we love you and your other, your wrong words, and I. We all do it. So it just sounds. Just really go on nice with what, go on with your diet, so, right, brother. Dink and Dunk offense. They're just gonna. That's how it's gonna have to be. They're gonna spread everybody out, and then this is another Gronkowski type game. Gronk usually does real well against the Bills. You know, you're not gonna not start him anyways. So, unless they throw four linebackers in him, I don't know how they're going to stop him. They will. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, it's, I think that the Bills are, are, are going to stop the Patriots right here and now. Tom Brady is not the end-all, be-all. He can't win every single game. He's Listen, I, you know. I don't know, I'm, dog. <laughs> I, I, I do. Believe me, I do. I know. 
All right, uh, Edelman is not going to get away with what he got away with against the Steelers. He was pointing in faces and getting up in people's faces. The Bills will take him and break him in half. That kid is way too cocky. Well, right? no, these are two these, two defenses on the complete opposite ends of the spectrum. One hundred percent between the Steelers and the Bills. Yeah, one hundred percent. This is one of the toughest nosed defenses you'll find, and they're they aren't going to stand for that crap. All right, Edelman may catch some passes, but he's going to pay for them. And he's not going to be able to get up and point for a first down. They'll shove him back down. They'll take the penalty. They don't give a shit. Uh, the Bills are going to prove something in this game. It's a Rex they... Ryan thing, right? When, when Rex went to the to the Jets, didn't he beat uh, the Patriots in his first game? Oh, yeah. I, I believe. Well, matter of fact, Mark Sanchez did really well against uh, the Patriots in his, in his career. So, it, but Rex Ryan also said on that team, he's like, when we get out there for the huddle, I'm knocking out Belichick. I'm going to knock him out. And the team's going nuts in the locker room. He goes out, he's like, I have a good game. <laughs> but, but the thing is, I think the Rex effect can affect this early in the new regime. Game two, game at home, you're just coming off of an upset that you weren't supposed to beat the Colts, and now you're going to have a chance to, to face the team that you brought Rex in to beat. So, you know, everything, you know, this is the best chance he's got. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I, I'll still take the Patriots in this one. I'm, I'm actually going to take the Bills. Uh, <laughs> LeSean McCoy, I think, is going to have a nice game in this one. Everybody saw what D'Angelo Williams yeah. did, did against uh, the... the uh, 121 yards Patriots, or 27 Against the Patriots uh, defense, yeah. I, listen, the Patriots will come in with a different game plan, obviously. But I still think that McCoy is going to have a really nice game in this one. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, not too bad. Uh, I mean, he, let, he didn't have to do much, granted, but 14 or 19 is not too bad. And Percy Harvin showed up. Right. He's Tyrod Taylor is showing this. I, I, I'm still telling you that he is not a guy that I'm targeting as a fantasy quarterback because it was, what, 195 yards on 14 and 19, one touchdown, no interceptions, nine rushes for 41 yards, I believe. So. Mm-hmm. That's where he needs. If he's going to be fantasy effective, because he's never going to throw. I don't think he's going to throw you a three hundred yard game. Not with the with the, uh, the way that they run that offense out there. And if he does throw a three hundred yard game, it's going to be a weird anomaly of a game with some crazy stuff going on. He's so, Alex Smith. Well, or he might be better than Alex Smith. Alex Smith, when he was at, had that year where he was running like a madman. You yeah. know, where I think it was he had like five hundred yards rushing or something like that. That was his first year with with Kansas, Kansas, City, Kansas City with Andy yeah. Reid. Yeah, so. That that's where his but Taylor needs to run those in for touchdowns and I just don't see when they're in the red zone him being the guy that's going to be making those rushes count for scores like Cam Newton did which is why you can be so effective without throwing for more than 220 yards a game. Well, I will say this: um, it didn't look like the Patriots could guard a whole hell of a lot either. No, I, I mean, agree. I, Antonio Brown was getting open at will, but but that's Antonio Brown, of course. But so is Wheaton. So is and it's so is so is Hayward Bay to be quite honest. Yeah, I mean it's just. Just the way it was. Everybody seemed to be getting open. Granted, though, uh, Hayward Bay in his career always got open. Just, just never made the catch. Yeah, but still. And when he makes it, he steps out of bounds. Right. Or, yeah. <laughs> or sits out of bounds or whatever it was. But I could see Sammy Watkins having a nice game in yeah. this one. He needs a bounce back after what he didn't do in week one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he wants it really bad. I think they're going to give it to him. You know, I think they're going to establish McCoy early, and I bet you they get Watkins involved quite a bit in this one. That wouldn't shock me at all if he was all over the field, running uh, out of every different position. I can't see DFS? the Patriots. Is he a DFS play for you this week? It's not a bad one. 
Not a bad one at all. I haven't checked out his price yet. But, and his uh, value probably goes down just because of what he didn't do in League One. a little bit. Absolutely. So that's also a thing to keep in mind. It's like when you're looking for values in, in DFS is, is look for the guys that probably did bad because a lot of times, I, I, I don't know how they do, I don't know if they have an algorithm for how they do their rankings or whatever, but uh, what, you know, there are certain guys that just, if, they're, if they have coming off of a bad week, Look at matchups because matchups mean yeah, everything. They don't usually drop those prices all that much. No, not really. They still keep the name value, uh, usually where it is. Even if a guy was out for the year or you know whatever, they'll still keep guys in there that they even know are out in the week, and they'll still have my price. <laughs> they call those whammies. Yeah. <laughs> no whammies. Big bucks. Big bucks. No whammies. What else you guys got? No. All right. Should we? Uh, I say we just move on. Let's yep. move on to the next game. Chargers at Bengals. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say I hate A.J. Green. Cup <laughs> dropped a touchdown pass that would have won me the week in my big money league. And I'm not happy about it because that friggin' guy, he's too blasé. He doesn't seem like... He, he reminds yeah, he's me not like, a diva he, that you want at the position, right? Well, I want someone that looks like he friggin' really wants to win. And like really looks like he's like just... In the heat of the moment, he just seems so loosey goosey. You want a guy who runs out of the locker room with no shirt and shoots yes. <laughs> screaming at the top of his lungs yes. for no reason? I do. In his, in his underwear? Broken yes. foot, preferably? Yes. Yes or no? I want that. I do. You know I do. Well, I don't want the injured part. No, no one does. Right. Everyone's like, hey, Des. Like, he's like naked. They're like, uh oh, Des might be on something. A little high five. What's yeah. up? They, they took a bunch of deep shots to AJ Green early. And that, you know, that's great for his value. And then they just stopped throwing to him because they didn't have to throw anymore. They were, you know, whooping that ass yeah. <laughs> against the Raiders to where they just, you know, handed it off to guys like Rex Burkhead and did, didn't let Jeremy sure. Hill get killed. No, but at the same time, Dalton had a very effective game. 269 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He completed 74% of his passes. You know, that's that's... That's indicative of how the running game affects Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton he was horrible last year, right? I mean, this was coming after after he was uh, what was he a number? Was he a top five finisher yeah. two years ago? That's and the, the reason why he finished top five two years ago was the amazing emergence of Giovanni Bernard and all of a sudden the resurgence for one season of Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Well, now for the first time, because you remember last year they went into it and said, okay, we got rid of Ben Jarvis. Jeremy Hill's our number two, but Giovanni was the one. Well, they had everything all backward, and it didn't write itself until too late in the season, and everybody else was injured. So, you, you know, A.J. Green did that protection, and A.J. Green gets injured. So it, things were just completely discombobulated for, for Cincinnati. Andy Dalton, with everything set up right, in a, in a very much a prime matchup for how Hugh Jackson's offense should operate at its optimum, right? Yeah. Against a team that struggles against the run, we're going to pound you with the run, you know, Jeremy Hill didn't have any of the, the big runs, but he did score the two touchdowns. Giovanni then comes in late. He's making the big runs, averaging about over eight yards a carry uh, when he touches the ball. So you got 120 yards out of your two backs plus. Um, you got the two touchdowns, and here's Andy Dalton. Just precision-like, taking what the defense is giving him, enough plays where guys are making, making plays out of him, and... 74% completion, 269, two touchdowns. I think on the high end of Andy Dalton, this is what you're going to get 
on the year. This is the these are the type of games that you're hoping for. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, I for when those, both those touchdowns were heavily contested, great plays on the on the ball. So, and, and, and we know AJ Green has good hands; he catches most balls, but. He helped them out. They had that new weapon, that new that new layer to the offense for for Dalton is obviously going to do it's nothing huge. but open things up even more. <laughs> Dalton should have a lot of these games. I always say it skews more toward these type of games because of their propensity to want to run the ball. But if they get into the contest where they get the right matchups, when you're doing this with Eifert, and then what that's going to do to open up things for AJ Green. And then you're going to be able to have the games where, okay, you're facing the tough run defense where now it's going to be Giovanni Bernard who has to really do more of the damage than Jeremy Hill, and it's going to have to be done as a receiver. So uh, Jeremy Hill did not get a target, I don't think, in the passing game. So if you're in – if I don't think you're right. I don't think he did. Uh, if, or if it was, it was only one target. He had no reception. So as much as I want to make that be part of what his game can be, it's not what they're going to use him for in that game. No targets. No targets. So, you know, I think this game, though, I, I like how this game matches up with San Diego. San Diego, look, they're going to be susceptible to the run. We saw what happened with Amir Abdullah early in the game. The problem was that they faced a team that abandoned the run. Cincinnati is not abandoning the run. No. They're going to be with the run through the third quarter until it's like, okay, we're down by 20 points and now we've got to pass. Are you guys, anyone got any, anything else to say on the Bengals, or do you want to move over to the Chargers? Just real quick, I, I don't think any of the other receivers on that team are rosterable. Uh, I don't. Marvin maybe, Jones maybe had deep, three targets, two deep, catches, nineteen yards. Yeah. yeah, deep, deep in a maybe fourteen-team league on your bench, yeah. maybe Marvin Jones, but you know, Eifert is the number two target after AJ Green, and that's how you have to think about it. Uh, you know, he showed up. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. That's You're all welcome. you need to know. Well, I mean, it, we you told what? you too. Yeah. That's, that's, not, that's not entirely true. This was against an Oakland defense. Wait till they play a real defense and, and see what comes out of that. Because Marvin Jones actually looked pretty good in the preseason at various points. So I don't want to take anything away from that. you got to wait until there's a reason why they would have to use somebody outside of the main few parts there. Marvin Jones is actually a really good receiver. He just... Needs to be involved in a game that's, you know, contestable. Yeah, contestable. Exactly. Listen, this Maybe. game was out. This game was out of reach within the, after the first half. So yeah. even almost earlier than that. So even Marvin Jones won't. will go ahead. Basically, when the game was still in hand, Marvin Jones wasn't on the field. It was Mohamed Sanu. Yeah, that that's the scary part. Like. Who is Marvin Jones now? Is he going to be a part of the offense? But again, I don't even know who you are anymore. You know, he's Marvin a field Jones. stretcher. But but he's he's maybe Sanu's a better blocker. That could be whatever it is. But I'm telling you, I, I want to wait and see. Like Dog saying, you need to wait and see what happens when they're down in a game by significant points and they have to go to the passing game. Then what do they do? Because when your back's against the wall. And then you start, all of a sudden, if Marvin Jones shows up in that game, then that's going to lead me to believe that, you know what, Marvin Jones does have potential. But, again, b- behind A.J. Green and Tyler Eifert, it's a wait-and-see approach on these guys. For sure. Yeah. All right. Other side. Yeah, let's go to the Chargers. Uh, Keenan Allen. How about... How about how I'm going to start with Woodhead. Oh, go ahead. Woodhead. Yes. Uh, you want to start with my yeah. Keenan Allen? Fine, start. I just want to say Woodhead. I love saying Woodhead. And I, and I, I wish I would have started him in my one league. I still got the win by three points, but man, I'm so glad I got him on my bench. Oh, Go man. ahead. Start with your Woodhead, bro. I just love it. The guy, just when he's healthy, he just gets it done. You see him? He was in more snaps than 
than uh, Melvin, and he had two touchdowns, and he just he's just a good friggin' football player. He just gets it done. He's a perfect tool within that uh, dank and danker offense. <laughs> Um, and I just love I just love watching that guy play. I think I'm getting a, a jersey. Hey man, do it. You might, it might well. not fit you. He's gonna have a good year. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that. Yeah, right. You gotta wear actual size. <laughs> I'm telling you though, with everyone who was like really high on Melvin Gordon and and what his potential was gonna be, I I kept moving him down my tiers. I, I don't know where I where I finished out with him, but I, he was like in 24 something like that when he started initially at like 16 or something for yeah. me in my tiers. And did you watch, did you see the one play where he was like, he ran into like a bunch of guys and he just bounced backward like about two yards? But he had a beautiful play. He did. One run where he, he actually, his elbow hit, but it was, it was a nice looking play. Yeah, his longest run was 14 yards, but you know, as far as being a guy as a rookie that just like comes in and just seems like he's ready to hit the hole and know what to do, he seems still lost out there. I, I see him... A little bit indecisive, you know. He's got amazing speed, so once he does actually have a chance to see a big hole, well, then he's he's going to be able to exploit it. Believe My me. problem is I don't see him being able to exploit those crack holes where you're able just to wow, there's a crack of daylight, and I'm just going to go there's for it. There's too many things to be said on that one. <laughs> I know, hey, I'm setting it up for you. Uh, yeah, well, go take one of them. No, crack no, hole, exposing, crack hole. exposing crack holes is my forte, but go ahead, Stags, take a crack at this one. I thought take Melvin, a crack at the crack hole, if you will. There you go. I thought Melvin Gordon looked pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, awesome? Made, yeah, 14 he carries for fine. 51 yards? Yeah. And more yards per carry than Woodhead. 3.6, yeah, fine, but Woodhead's not known. He also had more yards per catch than Woodhead. He had more touches than Woodhead, just didn't have the touchdowns. Well, but didn't have the trust of the, of the coaching staff. True. First game of the year. Basically, what I'm saying is he looked explosive on his runs. He looked decisive for once. He did not look decisive at all during the preseason. Agreed. And now he did. And it was nice to see him just shoot through a hole. And, hey, if it was only for three yards, at least he shot through the hole. He had never done that before. He looked decisive. He was on the field a lot. And... In a different game flow, I'm not sure Danny Woodhead gets as much looks as. I don't think he was. I think he was. He wants to say he's decisive. He just made a decision to go where the play was called. I didn't That's see him. Fine. That's I didn't decision. No, but I'm. I, but, <laughs> no, but, well, but the decision making and the thing that I want to be able to see out of dynamic running backs, like you saw out of Carlos Hyde, what he did against Minnesota was hitting into a hole and then seeing the cutback and, and realizing and making the cutback. I didn't see any of that from, from Melvin Gordon in this game, and I saw him running into his own guys enough times. I would actually agree with you. There's, there's two ways of looking at this, okay? During the preseason, he was not decisive at all. It was tough to watch, and it was a bummer because everybody's so high on him, and I was really high on him uh, going into the preseason, but you could tell he just he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know where to go. He could not make a decision to go through a hole, even if it was there, and then once he'd get there, it would just already be closed. So here's what happened. The coaching staff said to him, do, what you're, do exactly what the play's supposed to do, and that's what he was doing, and he was doing it, and he was doing it to a T. And he was doing it well, and he was doing it with some ferocity, which was fine. Get that rookie rolling that way. It's going to take at least a few games, if not more than that, for him to be doing what you're talking about, right. which is running the play to a tee and figuring things out on his own instead of just doing what the coaches say. The game hasn't slowed down for him It yet. hasn't slowed down for him yet, and it's going to take a little bit to slow down for him. But he still looked fine doing what he was told. And that's a good thing. That's a, it was a close game it's against a, a good opponent. So I, for him to be still getting more touches than Woodhead is promising for his future. 
He would have gotten even more touches, but they were down 17-3. to three. Exactly. And that's when Woodhead got in. And that's when Woodhead started playing full series. And, yeah, Woodhead had all six of the red zone uh, snaps. So whenever they were in the red zone, he was in there. So I don't know if that's the trust level. Uh, you got to think it is. Big yeah, It's all about trust level. And that's why I'm going to call San Diego now becomes team old school. Okay? Um, there's a team in one of my leagues called Old School. He used to always get the, the oldest players in the league on his team. 16-team league, just getting all the oldest players. You got Phillip Rivers, old at this point in time. 34, right? Yeah, he's old. You got, you got Danny Woodhead. He's not young at the running back position. He's old. You got Stevie Johnson. That's old at the wide receiver position. 28? That's old for him. <laughs> it's old for him. Hey. Well, well, that's, he's the oldest he's ever been. This is true. He's older today than he was. He's yesterday. not that young. <laughs> is he really only twenty eight years old? Pretty sure twenty eight, twenty nine. Gotta be at least. Oh, I thought he got to be at least thirty. How many uh, years? He started yeah. getting those thousand yard seasons right away. Well, right? The first three years of twenty nine. Twenty nine. Okay, closer to thirty. But his okay. birthday was July twenty second. Don't matter. Twenty nine years old. <laughs> twenty nine years young. And you want to know what? I'm gonna have twenty nine of this weekend. Val Verdes. You would have loved my grandfather. He was the coolest. He would have had a beer or two with us last night. He would have had 20. <laughs> no, he had a problem. He would have definitely fit in with that crowd then. <laughs> well, while we're at it, I'm just going to let you know that tonight I'm drinking uh, good old revolutionary uh, Revolution Brewery, Fifth City. It's a Chicago Pale Ale. I've talked about this on the show before. A nice little, uh, nice little number here. It's made with the Cascade Hops. Citra hops, it's got the Centennial hops, and it's got the Crystal hops. Good, good time. I really like this beer. Well, um, the audio clips are from Grandma's Boy, and uh, so we've talked about this movie. I, I, I don't know if we talked about it I think we probably talked yeah, about it Yeah, we brought on, it up a couple times when we had... So I finally found <laughs> enough, enough audio to do for, for this, so that's awesome. And I'm drinking one of my old-time favorites, the Victory... Storm King Stout, because I have to have Imperial Stout. I always have to put the leather chairs in, in uh, uh, you know, on warning. You are, yeah. you are in potential danger. Houdini's here, he's having a few. Well, there it is. I was in the middle of another huge breakthrough with the new game. That's right. <laughs> you, you guys, it's pretty classic. If you guys knew on the podcast, uh, post-podcast, you know, we work really hard on this stuff, as you know, and we put, take a lot of time out of our, what would be a normal person's free time schedule to put towards Pyro. Sometimes after uh, a, a four-pack of the Storm Kings from Houdini and a, and a six-pack of, uh, of the, uh, of the Fresh Squeezed, yeah. at the end of the night, me and Houdini have some real, real nice battle royale arguments. The neighborhood <laughs> must be like, is that guy... Is he gay? What what happens on these arguments on Tuesday? Why are they yelling at each other in the complex? Are you afraid of it? <laughs> Being gay? No. So t- let's talk about these receiving weapons. Hold on, hold on, really? You have a girlfriend? No. How old are you now? I'll be 36 in October. My grandson's gay too. I'll give you his number. I'm not gay, but thank you. Denial. I'm just, I'm just looking for people to hang out with. I don't have anyone that can go to concerts with me anymore. But all my buddies are married. <laughs> so the receiving options. Stevie Johnson, nice game. Keenan Allen, great game. You know, Ladarius Green. Suck it, Mo. Suck it, Eddie Royal. Told ya. Ladarius Green in week one. That we needed to start over <laughs> Zach Ertz. 
Nobody listens to me. <laughs> we listen to you, but we, we, we try not. Oh, dog's bringing in the double oh, deucer. Yeah, <laughs> baby. Dog with a Sella so, Artois bomber. Nice. So, Stevie Johnson coming out, catching all six of his targets for 82 yards, right along his career numbers in Buffalo, 13 yards a catch. Then, you know, Keenan Allen coming out of there, you know, catching 15 of 17 for, what, 166? Looking fast but again. But no touchdowns. Thank That's you. That's the thing. Looking light, yes. Yeah, looking light and yeah. looking lean. And that's the thing I mean, that was, you know, so concerning is he looked like he rested on his laurels last year, and now that we've seen him come out and put up a big one, super excited to see Keenan Allen for the rest of the season. He's another type of guy who could have a, you know, a hundred catch season under his belt this year. San Diego is like the most unassuming offense that just kind of just slowly, quietly, they're like, wait a minute. They got 350 total yards of offense. Wait, they got 450 total yards. Wait, they got 500 total yards of offense yeah. against us. What are we doing? Yeah. I love that team. I just love the uniforms. I just kind of like the unassumingness. I love the leader. I love, I love Rivers. Rivers just, is great. I love Rivers. I just love, I just love I wish he was a Bears Diego. quarterback. Oh, my God. Would that be great if we had Rivers instead of Cuntler? No, oh. because then I'd have to see that weird eye mouth picture all the time. But it'd be great. Oh. I'd be super, you'd super see worried bolo, about that. You'd see a bolo the second tie you put that thing together six years ago, I'm like that's going to be the most disturbing image we ever put up on our site. <laughs> well, the one that gets us more people that disturb people more than anything else is the I Love Julio Jones shirt on yes. the big boobs. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I went posted that one night. I woke up. We lost like, we literally lost like a thousand followers on, yeah. on <laughs> literally Twitter. the next day. I was like, uh... What happened? No, I just love Julio. Now I can say the stupidest shit. Today I put uh, Olivia Munn <laughs> with six kielbasa yes. sausages in her mouth and said, "Oh, it'll fit." And, and who it was, gains the users? No, and, so and we who made, was it? We and, created and, our and own audience. Let's hear Anna. Anna, who, who slammed you on that? Oh, I don't care. She was, she <laughs> oh yeah, Anna Marcus. She's Anna like, Marcus. She's yes. like wishful thinking, D-Rex. I'm like. <laughs> Damn it! Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's Next, good, good to know that it'll fit once you get rid of that chode, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Next game, uh, Titans Browns. Next game, Falcons Giants. <laughs> Thank you. Actually, no. We'll, we'll talk about the Titans Browns for a second. Don't want to lose. Uh, Titans or Browns? Five <laughs> Okay, Tom. Man. We're not Detroit. Knock it out. You're, no one else talk about this game, Tom. We're not Detroit. <laughs> Uh, we love you, Cleveland. Um, I do wish you had dressed Josh Gordon. Johnny Manziel. You you talk about it. You talk about this game. Well, he looked terrible. I was excited for him to get in the game. Obviously, that helicopter that McCown had was so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so terrible. What was he thinking? He thought he was trying to recreate himself as either a super duper or as John Elway. No, really. And that's what he saw in his dreams, but uh, when he woke up, he realized that he fumbled and he's no longer in the game. Right when I saw him, I'm like, that was terrible. What was he thinking? But it's trouble. That team's going to be trouble. We, uh, we we said it. I mean, it's trouble over there. But let's talk about and Titans. The, the real trouble about that team is how bad their offensive line looked in opening up holes yeah. for Isaiah Crowell, for Duke Johnson, and I don't even know... For whoever they decide Sean to throw Rob, out there, yeah. for for Johnny Manziel himself, and Johnny Manziel doesn't look like he wants to run in the NFL. Well, that's it. That's what. It, that's the problem right there. I think that offensive line obviously was turnstile, but 
it looks like Johnny Football wants to be more of a pack of po- pocket passer and doesn't want to be thought as this runner. But that's when both these fumbles were with these fumbles where he's like trying to hold it out for that extra like two seconds to get a pass out where he just needs to start rolling. And, and, and he showed it too. Remember, he ended up with 35 rushing yards, but he also had a 30 yard run that got called back True, because yeah. of the penalty. So he. He was close to having 60-some-odd yards, and it was almost a touchdown run there, It too, looked like so. every big play in that game for Cleveland was called back on, yeah. on a penalty. Well, and that's the other thing, too. This is why, just to end on Menzel and to say, bag it for right now. He had the long touchdown pass of, what was it, 51 yards to Travis yep. Benjamin. He only threw for 182 yards in the game, and he only completed 13 of 24 passes. So take away that pass and then look at the numbers that you got in that game. Ooh. Yeah, not very pretty when you're only adding 35 yards uh, uh, rushing. So, well, luckily they're going up against a Titans defense that, while I guess did okay against Tampa Bay, they did okay against a Tampa Bay offense that was without Mike Evans and a rookie, well, a rookie quarterback in himself. It's, I don't know. I guess the Browns have a chance to do something, but not yeah. all that much. <laughs> I wouldn't be starting anybody on this team, uh, quite frankly. Even Crowell. You guys know I love Crowell. I love his talent. but uh, Even against the Titans, bad rush defense. Uh, their, their pass defense is worse than their rush defense, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> not last year. Well, that, not like you could have told this last that's year true, against that's Tampa true. Bay. That's last year they were, they were horrendous. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, maybe this will give a better indication of what the Tennessee defense really is this year. Yeah. No, their rush defense I, is, is horrid. I think it'll be a better barometer of what this Cleveland offensive line is. Because if they suck again, then it's not just the New York Jets being down at defensive line. This is a real. It's going to be a real problem if you suck against Tennessee's defensive line. Yeah. Too, too bad we're not doing water boy. We suck again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Mariota repeat what he did. No. no. Uh, <laughs> will he have a good game? Probably. Probably. The question is, where does Joe Hayden play? Is he going to play, you know, shadow on Kendall Wright? Is he going to play on the outside against whoever they decide to put up there? Like, I don't know how Hayden's going to match up with a Kendall Wright and. But still, I don't think it's going to be a great game for them. I think this might be more of a Bishop Sinky game. Yeah. What? I, what? Well, I mean, Delaney Walker um, got a little injured. I think that he's going to be okay. I have a feeling he's going to play next week. So that that helps the Titans right there. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if they put him on Nate Washington. Uh, not Nate. Uh, who was I thinking of? Uh, on Kendall the Wright? Huh? Wait. There's Kendall Wright on one side. And who's on Justin the Hunter? No, Justin not Hunter, Hunter Doyle, not, right not Doriel, uh, not, uh, not who's Green Beckham. <laughs> no, who's uh, the other guy? Caught a bunch of passes. Caught a bunch of passes? It wasn't Nate. Obviously, Nate's not on the team anymore. Well, while you guys are doing that. Anyway, so, oh, I, but I don't see him playing on Kendall Wright because Kendall Wright moves all over the formation. That's not Joe Hayden's strength. I don't see Joe Hayden running all over the place. Uh, that's, that's just not what he does. Uh, I think they play straight up on him and just try and rush the shit out of Mariota. And Harry, say, Douglas. Hey, we're gonna Harry, Harry Douglas. Harry Douglas. Yeah, yes. Harry Douglas. That's what Caught we two for 24. <laughs> well, he got a bunch of targets, though, didn't he? Two. <laughs> did he? Yeah. But he, but he had a touchdown. But he had a touchdown. Remember, he didn't have like, a touchdown. That's why he had so many uh, fantasy points. Okay. They only threw it 16 times. Yeah. He had the touchdown, though. 
Yeah. But four touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's touchdown let's, let's talk about the guy on Twitter that people are like, between Eifert and Kendall Wright, you pyros are geniuses. You've been talking about how the resurgence of Kendall Wright, yeah. how he's an elite player, just hasn't had the elite opportunity. Lo and behold, you know, for, well, that's the first quarter, right? That that busto play. First, yeah, the first, first play from, from scrimmage. Is that the first play from scrimmage? Jeez, pretty sure. I mean, I was just like, when seeing that, I was like, Kendall Wright. Well, I, and, I, and I felt bad because there was uh, one of our, our uh, Pyro Pro members was like, who do I start? Is it Kendall Wright or Stevie Johnson? And I was like, I said, I'd go with Stevie Johnson. And then I'm like, oh, bummer, dude. I just saw the 52-yard touchdown catch. Yeah. And, Stevie yeah. Johnson, and then Stevie Johnson yeah. still had a very good game. So well, you know. there was another guy on Twitter on, on Twitter that we, we answered a question and we said Allen Robinson over uh, Kendall Wright, I think. Yeah. He's, he's like, I'm like, sorry, buddy, we just had him right tire. It doesn't always work out. He's like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, yeah. it's tough. Right. We say, we say, we we make our calls with your with your second opinions on Pyro Pro a lot on over Twitter and Facebook and our e- direct emails, and we do what we do our best. We can't be 100 percent right. Hey, Kendall Wright did have a 100-yard game, and he had that long touchdown. Whatever, that's fine. But he did only have four targets. They didn't need to pass it all that much more, obviously. Mm-hmm. Sankey got 12 carries. Terrence West got 13 carries. Uh, even McCluster got in there, got a couple carries. So, I mean, that's that's just that's the way it's going to happen with any game. If you go up early and you go up big, you're going to run the rest of the game. So, Kendall Wright will get more targets, and he will get more receptions. That's what was promising, the fact that he caught all four of his targets, that he was targeted early and often, and he made the big play. I expect more of that. During and the season. that he was targeted in positions where he could make a play after the catch. After the catch, That exactly. was something that never happened to him. Remember when he had the 92-catch season, and it was like, where are all the touchdowns? It was two touchdowns because they were all just like sideline catches or a button hook with a guy his on his back. To grab right. it. Yeah. No chances. Well, that's no chances. the one thing I absolutely loved about what I saw from uh, from uh, Mariota is the fact that he was leading these guys and and it, making the right play so that these guys could catch it on the run and, and do something with that it. That was one of the biggest boons for him during the preseason, just how accurate he was. And I don't think people were expecting him to be that accurate because he had a, a very weird system, you know, in college, yeah. obviously, and there was running involved and everything. So to, for him to come to the pros and be that accurate right off the bat when you're not expecting it, hmm, that's uh, very promising. The only question I have about Mariota is, is he going to bring this running component? Or is he just going to sit back there and try and pick everybody apart? Like he's, you know, is he the next Steve Young where he's a, he's a pocket passer first and a runner second? Or is Hopefully he, for his sake. No, for he his is, sake I, he, think. I think he is. And from everything that I saw, too, from when, like, you know, the thing that turned us off initially on him was when we saw him and Jameis being interviewed and we didn't see any type of, like, leadership type Charisma. quality. Ever. But what it tells me is that that Mariota is a very cerebral guy. He's a guy that, that he thinks about everything, whatever. So, yeah, in, in my mind, he's one of these guys that doesn't want to be a happy feet guy. He wants to be a pocket passer, and he wants to do everything he can to develop that part of his game. I think he'll do whatever he needs to do to win, and I think that that's what he is. It's just a plain, simple winner. So that that's definitely he's, positive he, for his future. He's 6'5 or 6'4? Uh, I don't six even four? think he's... 6'4? Ridiculous. Knock that thing uh, open, buddy. But, yeah, before the next game. Val. Verity. So, maybe I don't know what the Civil War was or who invented the helicopter, even though I own one. <laughs> me nice. too, buddy. All right, too. let's go on to the Falcons. They're going to be at the Giants. He told me not to score. 
God, what a mess. <laughs> Finally, a fantasy game worth talking about for a while. Yeah. I felt like we got a little bit of a rut there in the yeah, middle, <laughs> middle of these games. Uh, how about, how about let me say this. I know we have the bet where I had the, the third pick and I got the Atlanta Falcons with, uh, was it quarterback and wide receivers? Was, the, was that the bet? Yeah. Feeling pretty good with my Matt Ryan Julio. As you should. Yeah, I'm not complaining. I ranked Julio number one as I have my top receiver. We all, we all, we all, we all, you had, you had, Desbian, Desbian. I did, I did. Desbian. As it turned out in my main league, though, I have Des in three leagues, but of my five leagues, my my one main most important, it's Julio that I have. Well, it's good that you've got a foot fetish too, like uh, Rex Ryan. I do. While he's recovering, you're going to be able to rub his feet. I will. Do you guys see that one thing? Not to go back to Rex Ryan, but he's got a picture of his wife's feet on his desk. Yep. I mean, did you see that? Yeah. That is friggin' hilarious. I love that guy. Every month, I give Josh hundreds of dollars of my money, and then he writes you a rent check. Right, Josh? <laughs> I love them so much. You love who? The girls of Madame Cabe's Filipino pals. You've been spending our rent money on Filipino hookers. They're not hookers. They're massage therapists. <laughs> I love that Stag Party knows this. You know this movie more than any verbatim that we've ever had. Probably. Sure. He gets all giddy when he gets the, the, the one that he knows, too. It's like you start, yeah, you start, you start saying it with it. You do. Oh, yeah. If those of you who are listening, maybe you, should, maybe you should go back and see if you can get him saying it as he's as it's coming out. He, it's awesome. He's, I, I know what I I rarely get the movies that Stan knows, so when I get them, I love it. Yeah, he doesn't know the John Hughes stuff. So, you know, Julio was just a target machine, even though he only got like what, 10, 11, 8? He's just a machine, yeah. Uh, and, but he moved all over the formation. They what they throw three or four screens that got called back if so he would have had an even bigger day and he slipped on one that would have been a catch if he hadn't slipped. He was just awesome. He, he was the best receiver of the weekend, uh, and it looks like he has a chance to do that again. His matchup against what uh, Dominic Rogers Camardi, who looked pretty good uh, last week against these you know. Uh, Desbians and against Terrence Williams. And well, Dominic Rogers Cromartie looked good when he had the the pickup of the, the fumble for the touchdown. Yeah. Uh, he also got burned a couple of times too. So I nobody is, got behind Dow, or giant corners. He, no, but he got he got burned underneath. He was just he was off coverage. He wasn't. There was not. He had a couple plays. Look, Julio's going to exploit those on him. Okay, I don't care. He's not Daryl Revis. He's not. You know, Chris Harris, he's not one of these super shutdown corners. And he is prone to also making mistakes. Well, there was one that he should have got burned. It was a, it was a penalty that he got. So, that was no, not a penalty. In the end zone, that was, I that was, that was, that was, the, that was the softest thing I've ever seen. Agreed. Yeah, that was lame. <laughs> they, a lot, they got to they gotta shore that up. It's too hard to be a DB right now. It really is. It is hard, it man. Is. When you got, you've already got the size disadvantage with these guys. They're just making it too easy on the receivers. Oh my god! Uh, it was actually it was really brutal watching some of the refereeing this weekend. Uh, those soft ass calls have got to go. It's really, tough. Bad. It's, it was tough to watch. Uh, back to the game. The Giants. The Giants are. <laughs> the Giants are better than average against opposing wide receivers. It's not going to matter for Julio. I understand that, but other guys like Roddy, who you know had a pretty Look nice good. game. Who looks pretty spry, honestly. Like, I guess getting that knee drained and losing 10 pounds out of your knee helps. <laughs> <laughs> Can't hurt. He, this is the first year that literally, I mean, 
I guess not. He's injured before at the start of the season <laughs> yeah. every year. But he did look good. Uh, if I was to say one of the things that I was pleasantly surprised about was the fact that he's going to have a pretty good year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's go to... What about the running backs? Tevin yeah. Coleman. Tevin Coleman starting to make a little bit of a lever out of it. Thank you. He had some splash plays. He had that big uh, on third and like 16 or 17 he gained like 20 yeah. uh, off a draw, which was nice. Mm-hmm. And then he also showed the ability just to you know get around the corner, run which out of bounds. Which, which was the thing that me and D-Rex kept saying. Yeah. And, and run out. out. If, How about breaking tackles, though? I saw one broken tackle. I don't, I don't remember that one. <laughs> he can't break tackles. We all know that, and that's not going to be his game. But he can get around that corner, and if there's a hole, he'll exploit it. So that's going to yeah. be a bonus for him. Getting around the corner and gaining five yards and going out of bounds. But that sets up the offense in such different field position than last season. So now they're second and five. They can take a shot to Julio down the field. They can run a crossing pattern with Roddy. They can you know, throw a dump off to uh, Devonta Freeman. They can give it to Tevin Coleman again. It just changes the whole look of their offense, gaining like four to five yards on first down when they just ran into the middle of the line last year. But can we also say this, though, too? Can we finally – I've been banging the damn drum. I hate Devonta Freeman. Can we finally d- decide that this guy is not a fantasy or NFL running back? Can I say something? He impressed me last night. In PPR league, oh, you're just looking at the numbers. He averaged 1.9 yards a carry. He impressed me. Get video, just watching it, I was, okay, I was actually had, like, wow. He had, he had, he had a, a nine-yard run, and then he had nine rushes for nine yards. That's just the numbers, but that's not that's what actually the happened numbers. in the game. When I was watching, I mean, when I was watching him, he looked, he looked good. Oh, my God. No. I, I hate him. Good. Nobody at this, in this He does not look good. No one around here hates him more than me. I think he's not... But watching the game, I was like, wow, this guy's actually better than I thought. I'm just telling you what I thought. Here's, here's what it is. I don't know. Um, yeah. Both him and Tevin got blown up in the backfield a couple times. Yep. And that's, what's, that's just going to happen with this team. Those two runners are going to get blown up in the backfield. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that Tevin has the ability to make bigger plays than Devonta Freeman does. Freeman did look okay. I, I fully agree. And as a matter of fact, he's going to be used in the passing game. More than so I thought. Much he was. But that's the so only much way more. that he's going to be used. Is that's he a, vi- is he a viable a fantasy play? No. no, not no. yet. Right. No. And right. I don't believe he will ever be. But even if Tevin Coleman goes down, he did look better than I thought he yeah, would. That's all I'm saying. No, no. This but even if Tevin Coleman goes down, this is not a guy that I'm targeting as one of those. Oh, it's it's a this it's a sixty forty split type thing. When he gets all the carries, he's going to be better. No, if Tevin Coleman goes not down, be better. the Falcons go out and get another running. Game. Exactly right, and they're going to find I'm someone else to, to have more carries than Devonta Freeman. What what I'm saying is, what I saw from this game is fine. He can be effective as a receiver, so that his three catches for twenty nine yards impresses you. No, his ten carries for eighteen yards, and, and and again, after you take out his biggest carry, one yard per carry tells me, uh uh-uh. uh. Alright, we got it. I, I, right. I can't disagree with that more. There's nobody else on this roster that they can bring in that's going to be better than Devonta Freeman. Yeah. Agreed. Fully agree. The thing is, he is a very good receiver. Remember the game flow. What was the game flow? They were up the entire game. Fully agree. So, when they're down, which Atlanta is going to be down this season, Devonta Freeman is going to be on the field more than Tevin Coleman. And he's still going to be worth a bag of dicks. That's all I'm saying. And this he's going to be, if they use him as a receiver, which they to will. To our female viewers, you might take that differently. Sorry. They're not viewers, they're listeners. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's, let's, take let's, let's not make this about, let's 
not make this about them. What did you like that you saw out of Matt Ryan? Uh, decisiveness, just poise. The guy's just a statue back there, and he knows where he's going. He just getting the ball to Julio. Yeah. He looked perfect <laughs> until he had the. He had the. <clears throat> it was kind of a weird game. He had a, when he got the interception. It was kind of like, oh, that wasn't a very good toss. But until that, he he looked flawless. Yeah, that's true. Um, but Roddy White looked better than I thought he would look coming mm-hmm. off his injury. Um, Leonard Hankerson was okay as that third receiver, and I think that's a definite improvement. Uh, you gotta like having a six foot two speedster out there running as a third receiver. If only he could block without holding. Exactly. Was, <laughs> I mean, his holdings were wow. <laughs> Literally, a dog with the bomber in his hand. Looks like he's <laughs> holding a bottle of wine. Yeah. Are, that's awesome. Okay. Um, all right, let's go to the other side of the ball. We got the Giants. Obviously, I mean that was uh, one of the meltdowns of a century. They're not going to be able to get over that for a while, but. Um, in it was general. reminiscent of the, the meltdown that they had way back in the early 90s when Emmett Smith took the first carry for like 80 yards against them untouched for a touchdown and then scorched them. But that's fine. This was, this was bad worse. coaching and like just not knowing how the game. Uh, <laughs> you know, not knowing how to, how to sit. Don't get in the end zone. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy. But I think what we did see is what we kind of talked about in the last two podcasts, and that is the fact that ODB – is going to have a tough run at it this season. It's going to be... He's a talented mofo. You just cannot question the ability that this guy has. But they're locking in on him. It's going to be very difficult for him to overcome. He's not a huge guy. Uh, The scheming that's going to be thrown at him by... All the defenses. He doesn't have any help either. The, the best it. help That's the reason he's Victor why Cruz. So he, if he gets Victor Cruz back, then that makes a huge difference. Because until then, he's got a guy in Ruben Randall on the other side who can't practice because he's got knees that are just horrendous. So when he gets into the game, it's like, you know, he's just like taking a cortisone shot probably and just giving it all he's got, you know. Dude, but he's got Preston Parker and Daniel Fells. I know Preston Parker <laughs> Come and on. Daniel Fells. <laughs> the thing is, they kept... You know, designing plays to get Preston Parker the ball. Mm-hmm. And I almost shot myself in the face. Because they did nothing to get ODB the ball like, you know, the Falcons did with Julio. They did nothing to get him the ball, you know, in space, in quick dump-offs, in screen passes. It was just, hey, you need to make a great catch to get this ball on crossing routes. And he almost did it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that I would have lost my mind. Like... He is still uber talented. They just need to make sure to get him the ball. They need. They've got to know that their running game is not good enough to to do anything. That their three backs, including I don't even know why Andre Williams still gets carries six yards for fourteen six, six carries for fourteen yards. Wow. It's awful. And just seeing him run for two yards a carry is like you know scary. And Shane Breen was good and played the most snaps and. You know, Rashad Jennings, up. yeah, he does what he does. Yeah. <laughs> and then Rashad Jennings, you know, it was okay, but he only got, he's, he's like capped now. Yeah. Because they're going to give it to these other guys. He's capped at 16 to 18 touches. One thing I can say is over the course of our tiers, from version 1 to version 6, I would say across the board, New York Giants were moving down for me. I was the highest on Eli Manning. I had him at 4, I think, by version 1, version 2. Just the whole deal a little bit scared me. The team's a little bit frightening to me. Um, and everything pointed towards that same deal uh, watching that game against the uh, Giants. I mean, that's the one of the biggest rivalries in football is that rivalry. And to give it away like that, 
it's it says a lot about the the mindset of that team. Should we go on the next game? Uh, sure. The only thing we've got to be aware of is the uh, injury potential injury to Eric Flowers, their left tackle. Yeah. Who, who's having an MRI? Uh, I think today nothing's conclusive yet, but that that could be their second last left tackle of the season, yeah. which would be scary. Very scary. Okay. Yeah. Um, Bad enough as was. Yeah. Rams. Oh, and nice. Uh, we, did we mention that Jake Long signed with the Falcons? Oh, uh, we did. No, not, we did not. He but, did yeah. today for nice. a one-year contract. Yeah. So he's backing up. Uh, who is their left tackle right now? Matthews. Yeah. Rams surprise the Seahawks are going to be at the Redskins. I think it's a good matchup for the Rams. Uh, what? Let's start off with Brian Quick, a healthy scratch. What? Any news behind that? What happens? What was that? Uh, I, honestly, I have no idea because Quick came out and said himself, "I was healthy enough to play. I was fine." I don't know. Uh, supposedly, I guess because my guess is that because he wasn't working with the team in the off season. Um, that Fisher's an old school guy. If you're not if you're not practicing with the team, you ain't playing yet. So quick got in some practice, a little bit of practice time, not enough to convince Fisher to say you're starting. Whatever the case is, uh, Seattle has a little worrying to do, and I think they better do something about getting can- uh, Chancellor back like yeah. immediately. Uh, when you get uh, uh, Nick Foles throwing for three hundred and how many yards against your team? In the first week of the season, jeez, uh, wow, that's Devon uh, Austin. Devon Austin, yeah, literally made scary. that defense look like they were playing at two different speeds. Yeah, so uh, yeah, but uh, the, the Rams uh, looked better than I thought they would look. That's for sure. Um, Especially with their third string running back. Yeah, you know? I wouldn't say that Cunningham looked all that good, <laughs> but he's, he's a, a great receiver back. again. Well, that's what he does, and that's <laughs> just what he's gonna do. Um, that's not, I don't know, maybe it'll happen again, maybe it won't, but I think Trey Mason comes back this week. So I think it'll be a mix and match a little bit. I think it hurts both of their fantasy values, of course. Um, when it comes down to it, Stedman Bailey, I think, gets uh, a lot of peppering again, too. He was just fine out there. Kenny Britt didn't do much of anything. I don't know what they're going to do with uh, Quick this week. It's kind of a, a smorgasbord. It's, it it's interesting for them this week, facing the Redskins, who... Did a very surprisingly good job at taking it to the Miami Dolphins offense last week. You know, they they took Tannehill and they limited him and what he was able to do. He did all most of his effectiveness was going to, to Jordan Cameron, was the guy that, that, that he yeah. had the most success with. So, you know, you look at the Rams here, you know, Jared Cook. You weren't he, here last week, if you guys remember. I was saying, I know nobody has him on their team. Don't be surprised if Jared Cook does a little something. I think I said that. No, yeah, he did. <laughs> I said, is this a this, cook week? He's, said, taking, <laughs> he's taking it from you. And he said, is this a cook week? I remember. I listened to the he's podcast two days ago. <laughs> it's like, I think this could be a Jared Cook week. That's right. That was your voice. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. But I, I do like Seven Bailey, man. He's always a kid. Cons- hang on, hang on. I don't know what Doug Bennett was listening to it with. You would if you had robot ears. <laughs> Seven Bailey's always underrated, but always seems to put up decent stat lines. I just wish they'd put him on the field more. Uh, quit taking him off the field for Tavon Austin. You know, it could be another Jared Cook game. Uh, he's always a guy who starts the season hot and really tailors off. But, you know, who knows? Foles might like him. Who, who, what else who gets the touchdowns? It's always Kendricks. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah that's true. That's, that's, that's true. Touchdown. That's true. And wide open touchdown, no less. Yeah. That's because it's a blocking tight end, and they're looking after yeah. Cook. Exactly. But, he really uh, does get the TDs. Yeah. They won with a bunch of gimmick plays, special teams touchdowns, yeah. you know, stuff like that. It, it's going to be tough. The offense didn't score very many points. I mean, I'm not thrilled to see this offense again. No. And then we got to remember. <laughs> I don't never want to see them again, actually. <laughs> the Redskins are good against opposing running backs. They were last year. Mm-hmm. Looks like they are again. Yeah, you know, Miller they, didn't do anything like I thought. That, that could be just, you know, them. That could be their mantra is just stop the run and we'll see what happens in the pass. Uh, so... I'm not excited to see the Rams offense against this defense, but the Rams defense against, you know, the Washington offense, that's something I'm excited about seeing. Uh, if this Washington offensive line can block like they did last week against Miami's, yeah. you will know they are for real. This, you know, St. Louis defensive line is the best in the league. Ferocious. Robert Quinn is ridiculous. Oh, my God. Robert Quinn is re- Aaron Donald might Donald be even Donald better. is that's the guy I wanted the Bears to take. I know, right? Badly. And would have been the guy that would have been the perfect fit for them switching to the 3-4 oh defense, God. too, right? Oh, Maybe. Jesus. We'd be a formidable defense right, right now because right. of it. Mm. Oh. And then, so, you know. One yeah. pick before us. I know. I know. We couldn't have gotten it. We could have I know. We but, should have. Anyway, back to but it. But then, okay. So we wouldn't have taken him if he was there anyway. Probably not. So, Alfred Morris, 25 for 141. Got it done against another tough rush defense. So we'll see what he does against, you know, they held up, you know, Marshawn Lynch to 18 for, what, 73, sort of hampered him down. There wasn't too much rushing going on in that game. So I think it's going to be a tough, tough week for Alfred Morris. The rest of the team, you know, Deshaun's out for the next three to four weeks with the hammy. Hammy could be a recurring thing. It always is, especially Especially for a speed guy like him. Especially when you sit out, you know, multiple weeks. So Pierre Garçon's going to get that target volume. Morris is still the vet there, and he's going to get the carries. I know that Matt Jones is in the in the waiting, and he's going to get his time at some point, but it's still an Alfred Morris show, and he proved that he can do it, and he will keep doing it. He did it against a very good Miami defense there. Remember, now too, that, that Jay Gruden is coaching for his coaching life. He is not going to trust Matt Jones. No, of course not. He's going to give everything to Alfred Morris. As well he should. As well he should, to be quite honest. Alfred has given him everything he's gotten from day one since he's gotten there, and he has been awesome for him. Going to uh, the receiving side of the ball there, you're saying that Deshaun Jackson's out. Pierre Garçon is going to be salted. Salted. He's going to be hot sauce. He's going to be Chichuahua, whatever you call it. Chichuahua. Chichuahua. Cholula. Cholula. Chichuahua, I love it. It's going to be some sausage up his ass. He's going to get a lot of balls. Is what's going to happen for Pierre Garcon. Put some Jordan Jordan Dare sauce on that. (laughs) But you got Andre Roberts is going to start on the other side now, and you got Jameson Crowder now, who's going to be playing the slot, which what which is more dangerous against opposing defenses than if Roberts is in the slot. Crowder is an incredible slot receiver and should have eventually taken over that slot position from Roberts. Now that Roberts has to move to the outside, it's going to actually be a little bit more dangerous with Crowder going over the middle there. So watch for that to happen. Like I said, Garcon's going to have a ton of passes thrown his way, but Crowder could surprise and have a really nice game. I love when I go to New England and have the clam Crowder. Crowder? The crowd. <laughs> <laughs> with Chihuahua sauce. Chihuahua sauce. <laughs> Only one question. Do I have to trust in Jordan Reed again for at least one week? 
You know what? Bad matchup. Yes. Bad matchup. Oh, he's got a bad matchup. <laughs> yeah, it's a bad matchup. But but he's but here's the, here's the one thing that I say is very encouraging from Jordan Reed. And I didn't answer that whole part about how I would rank him. I still take ASJ ahead of him, but he would have been mine ahead of uh, Eric Ebron. And the reason is is that with Kirk Cousins in there, and they're starting to to open up what they're doing with him again. Remember, I was I, I couldn't stand watching what the eight yard outs that they were running with Jordan Reed all last year. He would have all these targets and all these catches. But every single one of them was running toward the sideline and having no chance at any success. And then here he is in week one, running fantastic routes, good routes for a tight end, and having ultimate chances for success. So I think that, that that bodes well. The ultimate question is, can the guy stay healthy? I don't I don't think he will. But at the same time, if you're looking for a guy that you're just trying to, to stream with tight ends, he's a great option at this point in time. I think that uh, Vegas put the odds on the player who was going to get injured. <laughs> uh, number one was Andre Ellington. I think number two was Jordan Reed. Nice. Let's uh, let's go on to the next game. Dolphins at Jaguars. Uh, hit me. Hit me. Everybody's going to say they're going to start all the Dolphins again like they did last week and it might backfire a little bit. This Jacksonville defense is better than people give them credit for. Uh, they're they're going to be able to stop Lamar Miller a little bit. I think he rebounds though. I don't think he's going to this game plan has to be better. That was one of the worst, you know, offensive game plans I've seen in a while. It was terrible. Uh, it was terrible. Let, let's just let's just not give the ball at all to Lamar Miller the first half. Let's run two rushing plays the entire first half, I think it was. And he wasn't just, ineffective either. He he was averaging over 4 yards a carry. He was doing fine when they got him the ball, but they never gave him the ball. Well, I mean, Washington was doing their part. They were doing fine, but the fact of the matter is that uh as I said last week, Lamar doesn't perform as well on the road. And he won't again. He may get double-digit uh, fantasy points for you. He didn't quite get there this week, strangely. Um, because usually when the Dolphins win on the road, it's because Lamar Miller has double-digit fantasy points. And uh, we all know that fantasy points wins real games. No. But, uh, but, uh, it does win real games! It actually has a strong correlation. <laughs> it does have a strong correlation, but still... <laughs> I think I think Lamar definitely gets back into double digits in this game, but don't expect the world again because you're right. The Jaguars are better on, especially especially in the front seven. They can't be beaten through the air. Oh, that's no for doubt. sure. Uh, so I would expect uh, again Landry to have a, a nice game, uh, Tannehill to have a, a nice game, Cameron to have a nice game, um, and we'll see if maybe they maybe get Devontae Parker actually playing in this one. Well, this is the whole thing. Instead of one snap, I think he had Bill, one snap. Bill Lazor said, he said, you know, they envisioned getting a lot more work for both Kenny Stills and Devontae Parker yeah. in that game. Problem was, they hardly ran any offensive plays. It's true. Because they abandoned the run, they weren't running successfully, so there was it's a lot of... It was an ugly game. I mean, well, Washington was running successfully, which kept the ball in there. Kept the ball in their hands, but then when they got the ball, the it was like it was ugly offense. Yeah. It was you were maybe getting five, six plays on a drive, and and, and it was over. Yeah. So they were not sustaining drives. They were not. And th- this was supposed to be the hallmark of what Ryan Tannehill is supposed to give you is the accurate underneath pass and being able to keep drives sustained and whatever. They didn't do it in week one. Yeah. So you know we'll see. I'll tell you this though. For, for this team, and I know that you and I both like Charles Clay, but Jordan Cameron's fit on this team is a good fit. Winner. Good Absolutely. fit. He's going to have a stellar year. Other as long side, as yeah. he stays healthy. I agree. Other side of the ball. Jax. 
I mean, does Allen Robinson rebound? I mean, Brent Grimes is a pretty good cover corner. Yep. He's not an elite shutdown corner anymore like he used to be with the Falcons for that one or two year stretch. Yeah. But he needs to. He got red zone targets. He got you know targets in general. He dropped a couple passes. He didn't look. I, I gotta blame Blake Bortles. It looked like he was pretty open for most of the time, and yeah, Blake Bortles I was agree. just missing him. Look out there, just looking bad. And, and as soon as he started missing him, he started just checking down to Rashad Green all day long. Yep. Which is fine. Rashad Green well, is yeah, actually eight, a lot. Eight to ten targets or even something? Even more than that, I think. Uh, and only c- caught like just a handful of them, like four or five of them. But uh, he had the most targets on the team, I believe. Uh, Rashad Green is actually a lot better than people give him credit for. Uh, he's a rookie who really was kind of looked over. Uh, I'm glad he's actually getting the opportunity because Marquise Lee can't seem to get on the field. He's a uh, Marquise Lee made a great catch in that game. He did, <laughs> yeah, but, a great catch. I just, it. I just want to talk about it. And then they threw. Did nothing. you posterize it? Take a picture of it and put it in your wall. Make it a fat head. They threw <laughs> zero passes to the tight end without Julius Thomas in there. Yeah, and it doesn't look like that's going to change. I mean, no they don't player. look like they have a oh, player against, that they trust. Not against Miami. No. They don't look like they have I'm a player. I'm surprised that, that Jordan Reed did what he did, but uh, Jacksonville, Clay Harbor, and Mercedes Lewis aren't going to do it against Miami. Well, uh, murder. This is not working. You'll never finish. This game is falling apart. No, it's not. Shut up. You're letting everyone down. No, I'm not. I'm going to make this game, and it's going to be the best thing that anyone has ever seen. Delusional thoughts from Fantasy Island. You'll never get metal legs. <laughs> Dump lane, dump lane. One part that was exciting is he's T- trying to be a robot. I got it. <laughs> TJ Yeldon looked good. Yes. Uh, yeah, he did. He did it all. He got you know a couple red zone carries. I think uh, twelve for fifty-one, but was also involved in the passing game. Played like seventy-five percent of the team snaps. And if they could just get that sort of game plan to where they're going to be in the game at all, he's going to be big and he's going to get the volume. And he looks like he's a guy who's going to touch it you know, 18 times a game, which is great for his fantasy value. Here, here's Absolutely. my problem. He, he will have a chance to be good. The problem is Blake Bortles. Okay? Blake Bortles struggles, and he does not look like a real quarterback. It's nope. unfortunate. He looked good during the preseason. I know. He completed just over 50% of his passes. He, he throws an inter, uh, two interceptions and a touchdown, 183 yards. He does, doesn't have control of that offense. Yeldon is going to have to play above his head in order to help Blake Bortles out. And it's unfortunate because you do have decent weapons in the passing game. You there. do, for sure. And you, now with Yeldon there... You know, this is where Blake Bortles is being exposed as being a third pick overall yeah, last year. Not a wasted pick, is what it is. I, I, we can't, we can't go there yet. Yeah, but can't go there yet. But he, he just doesn't seem to me that he's never going to be one of these guys. That's, you, you should see a progression. You should see some sort of growth in the game. I'm not seeing the growth in his game. I, I saw, I saw a lot game. of growth from Teddy Bridgewater. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's not good either. Well, you know what though. Let's just say this. I'm, I'm holding judgment there, too. Because I didn't crown him anything. And how many times have we seen where they've had five quarterbacks all come out in the draft and all of them are bad except for one? Achilles Smith, Cade McNown, uh, you know, yeah. there was four, Listen, one of those it, were bad except for one, I think. It's one game. And I will tell right. you this, I would kill to have Bortles over Cutler right now. 
Well, I really would. At least with the upside and the chance and 10 years younger, exactly. I agree. 100%. Well, at least you have, yeah. That's what I'm saying. you got to give him a chance. Give him Let's a chance. Let's move on to the next game for yeah. shits and giggles. I agree. Yeah, that one uh, Check out Dogmatica's <laughs> rankings. We do write-ups to get all uh, the rankings at every position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight ends. You need to be a Pyro Pro. Uh, so check that out. Peep it. Um, if you're not a Pyro Pro, we're giving them the top five guys at each position. Those things are sick. Want to give a shout out to our boy Pyro Stash, who is just straight up cold killing it on these illustrations he's doing. It, man, it's been a joy working with you, dude. I I, I base camp with that guy all day, and wow, I don't know, Stags. I've been keeping you off him a little bit, but damn, he knocked out a Wilson today, a Hopkins. He tightened up a, a Tannehill, tightened up a, a, I mean, we've got a Mare graphic done. You see the graphic that I posted last night on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash um, pyromaniac of the Aaron Rodgers graphic. I mean, this stuff is just epic. And uh, man, a part of the experience here of pyromaniac is that aesthetic. It is that soul. It is that just the heightened experience and visuals, searing visuals is something we always said, even in our original business plan. Yeah. Uh, Pyro uh, Stash, bringing a lot to the table. Really appreciate it, man. Okay, uh, Ravens at the Raiders. Just read um, as I went to the bathroom and to go get a beer, looked at my phone, which is in the other room. Looks like Carr is going to play this week. Yeah, that's what I hear. Huge. Thank God Damn for the Amari Cooper. I wanted to name my team Ouch My Gloin. <laughs> <laughs> I might still. I'm going to name mine McGloin Claw. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm, I'm, I like Latavius Murray. I like the things he did in the passing game. This offensive line could not open up a hole to save their life to get this guy any room to breathe. Uh, I think he caught like seven or eight passes, looked good in the past game. Roy Hulu, healthy scratch. He is not a guy to own anymore. No, he was he was still slightly injured. They'll bring him back in there. They need somebody else to compliment Murray. Murray did catch every single target he had, which was nice. Um, but they need somebody else to compliment in there. I'd and much it's rather just, Hulu. I'd much rather it just be Marcel Reese. Yeah. Yeah, why bother? Like that guy. Every time he touches the ball, he seems to score a touchdown. He does. Like if, <laughs> I, I want to say, like if, if you look at like points per touch, like if you could extrapolate giving him like all the touches he gets in a season, which is basically equates to one game. Man, he'd have an amazing game. He's, He's like, like Antoine Smith one, two years like, ago. Yeah, right? like what AP does, or yeah, yeah, he'd be number one. Crazy. I think they'll start using him more and more. Big body, he he can he, they can use him. I love all the number they can forty nine, dude. I would, I'm not about to 49s. go annoy Marcel Reese. He's done this before, where he has he an awesome does. game and yeah. then he gets right. zero for fourteen straight weeks. Agreed. Fantasy wise, <laughs> you don't want the guy, but he can get a lot done in a it's, football. You know that it's not fantasy relevant when he's number forty nine. Forty nine, yes. yes. Murray Cooper. I mean, he needs Derek Carr. McGloin just looked awful trying to get him the ball. No chemistry. Probably because they haven't played together. Like, why would Matt McGloin be thrown to Amari Cooper in any sense of the situation in training camp? You know what you have in Amari Cooper. He's pretty much been slotted in with the first team since day one. You know, the only person, you know, Matt McGloin could find was Marcel Reese. No, Crabtree actually got a few bats for him, too. Secondary, you know, third uh, option, whatever. Eight yard whatever. button hooks. Yeah. Hey, they're effective. It's yeah, absolutely. Got to use absolutely. Them. Fantasy, not fun. a good time. But not a good time. No, not a good time at all. 
Yeah, you, they need a David Carr back in there, uh, which it looks like he's going to be. Either way, they're not doing anything against Baltimore. A- anybody disagree? Derek Carr. They need to use some. some you extra. think Derek Carr is going to? He called him David. Yes, he did. David. Did I really? <laughs> oh, unbelievable! Carr. It never fails. David Carr. It never fails. At the David. Who, by the way, David Carr. My name is David, David not Derek. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Uh, so he got he got a nice load of targets, and you know Crabtree got targeted in the red zone that one time, and didn't look like he had he. Crabtree just looks sapped. Like, Branded card could get him the fucking ball. <laughs> <laughs> he Talking needs- about the other side, can the Ravens put it together? Going against what is not a very good team. I mean, you know, Justin, if Justin Forsett's going to put it together, he's got to put it together this week. You better believe it. This is the ultimate opportunity. Look, Oakland did a decent job against Jeremy Hill. I'm not going to deny that. They, they held him to 63 yards on 19 carries, but they, they did get the two touchdowns. And then once the game started getting out of hand, then Giovanni Bernard just started running off on them at eight yards a clip. So you, you, you sit here and you look at it, and, and the Oakland, the key to beating them is through the running game. You know, usually you run against them. And what's the problem with the Ravens right now? Who are you going to throw the ball to there? You know, it's Steve Smith. Okay, great. Where's Prashad Perriman? You know, is he going to be back this week? I, I still, no. I bet you, I'm doubtful he ain't going to be back this week. No. So there's Kamar Aiken. Okay, does he do anything that's going to, to initiate any fear on the defensive side of the ball? No. You have an opportunity because Oakland was also just destroyed by Eifert. Well, what do you have at, at tight end? Crockett Gilmore, Max Williams, neither of these guys are going to be guys that are going to do able to do what Eifert did. But Max Williams got play in his first game, which I think is, you call it, Gil, uh, um, um, Gilmore, Gil, Gilmore yeah, was going to get the most uh, yards and catches. But I saw Max in there making some plays, which surprised me. I don't think he had a catch, though. Yeah, he did. It didn't call back on a penalty. I definitely saw him get a nice That ball. could be. I don't think you recorded a stat afterwards. So, but, but the fact is, is that there's not enough faith there that you're going to be able to say, oh, okay, this is where they're going to be able to exploit yeah, the team. One for 15. Yeah, yeah one, one for 15. And it was okay. kind of a nice yeah. first step. But what they need to, in order to exploit against Oakland, is the running game. And again, this is Mark Tressman's offense, and this is, he just doesn't want to run the ball all that much. So, I, you know, I, I, again, this is why Forsett to me was not a guy that I'm super high on. Well, you got Khalil Mack, right? So that's that he's a beast, up. and he yeah. is a beast. He is an absolute beast. Jeez. Alden Smith only played um, what was it twenty percent of the snaps, I think, and he was effective. When and he was, he was effective there. when he was in there. Yep. So as soon as they bring him into that defense, that's going to make that defense even a little bit better. What, what did he sign last Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I think that's all he needs is a week and a half of practice, and he not should much be fine. After the quarterback, that's what he does. I mean, he's so. a starter. I mean, it's not like he's not going to start on this team. Not saying no. much. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he's going to be starting, and Max going to be starting. It's not going to be the easiest team to run against. So, if you're going to get on these Raiders when it comes to running that ball, Forsett's got to do it this week. I don't know why. It, 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 this offense, it's, if you remember the Bears when Tressman first t- took over, wasn't immediate. It they took sucked a, for it, six weeks. It, it did. It took a little while for it to sink in. That's what's going to happen with the Ravens here. When when Perriman comes back, middle, uh, you know, 
first couple of weeks of October or something like that, that's when things are going to start say, I want to I wanna say, though, because this is the thing that people don't understand. How important a guy like Perriman is. Oh, God. To have a guy that can take the top off of a defense and force you to have to commit a safety to his side of the field because of his speed, and he's going to beat your guy off the line. Because if you're playing press coverage on him and he's able to beat the press, you better have a safety that's covering back on deep. And if you're going to play zone, well, you're going to have to have that safety covering back to that zone. Well, all those things do is create more space for everybody else in your offense. When you don't have it, all that does is it compresses the defense. Exactly. And they're able to just take you from being a 30-yard field that they have to defend. Now we only have to def- defend a 15-yard field. I, well, I could defend yeah. a 15-yard field all day long yeah, and crush exactly. you. I, I made the mistake of thinking just because Kamar Aiken was starting in this Tressman offense that he would actually do something. Oh, no. Uh, he had two targets, I think. Uh, I think he made a couple catches, but Marlon Brown had the same amount as did, I think, Campanero had basically the same amount. It didn't matter. It was still, still going to be Steve Smith because he's the only decent receiver out of the bunch. They need Perriman back. Next game. All I say is, I know we're getting long in the podcast, so i got to say, Val! In here three hours? I don't have antlers, do I? <laughs> Stag Party's got antlers. That's his character. He's got a nice, yeah, white, right. nice white suit with some antlers. You stag, baby. You stag. All right, we're going to Cowboys at Eagles. Let's not to talk really about Dez. He's surgery. Oh. Feels great. <laughs> He's gone probably, let's be honest. He's gone seven to ten weeks. Uh, I'm going to 12. I'm going two months. Yeah. I mean, it's a two-month injury. They're saying four to six. They're saying eight to 12. They're saying, you know, six to ten. They're saying the gambit. But... Right around two months is the sweet spot for me, I think. He's back at uh, game eight. I'm, I'm banking on... I have him in three of my five leagues. I'm banking on him being out for at least 10 to 12. So oh. d- you know how when you're a Desmian... Because I'm, I'm a Desmian, and I'm not going to fall prey to believing that he's coming back. And so I'm, I'm making moves now. But I'm going to tell you right now, not only have I hooked up with a previously lesbian... Yes. That was heterosexual for the moment. I've turned the heterosexuals into lesbians. So, pretty much, I run the gamut, too. You do? <laughs> what? Well, are, are, are you, you moving on? Have you, are you still a lesbian? No, or I'm, are you, I'm are still, you moving over to... I'm to still a lesbian, <laughs> but here's the thing. <laughs> Exit. Right. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, that, to the game. That, that's this, too. That's too much for you. Yeah, this is perfect for the guys. Unlike Stitcher, his review is like, "Wow, these guys have a lot of really awkward, weird, gay stuff happening on the show." <laughs> <laughs> I just I, eject. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right so. Let's talk more about kielbasas. <laughs> have you ever seen a woman swallow a twelve-inch kielbasa? Let's go. Terrence Williams now steps into the number one, you know, wide receiver role. Great. Never really seen it from Terrence Williams, but he should get a lion's share of the targets. Jason Witten gets a bump up in targets. Cole Beasley should get a bump up in targets when he's not fumbling the football. Uh, And probably one of the nicest, sick play, nicest looking plays of the day. yeah. And there's Devin Streets there, and they just did it. Devin Streets is a direct too. backup. Yeah. Bryce no, they Butler. acquired Bryce Butler Bryce off Butler. Uh, waivers, I believe. Yeah. For so, a fifth round pick or something like that. No, was it? He's just no, signed off I, waivers. I, no, it's off of waivers. Was it off of waivers? Yeah. And oh, basically, okay. he's going to take at least a month to learn the offense. He's not 
he's not going to be anything right away. No. Plus, he wasn't anything in Oakland. Yeah. What makes you think he's going to be somebody now? Oakland's been one of the most re- receiver-hungry teams over the last four years. If you're going to take a chance on somebody, to be honest, it is Devin Street. They actually traded up to get Devin Street uh, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they traded away a fifth-round pick and their third-round pick at the time to move up in the third round to get him, or maybe it was fourth and sixth and move up in the fourth into the third. Either way, whatever it was, they Is tried the to get this guy. Pick. Huh? Is this the Michigan guy? Devin Street? Street? No. Okay. No. <laughs> no, I remember a wide receiver on Michigan named Street or Streets. I'm wondering if that was him. Never mind. Okay. Um, the guy is 6'3". Or six two or six three. I mean, he's a big body. Uh, he could obviously play a little, but he was drafted higher. So, I, if you're going to take a chance on a guy, that's not might not be a bad chance to take. Plus, you know, all during OTAs when Dez was out with that hamstring injury or whatever it might have been, it could have been a broken foot. They never really told us what that was. It's true. It's just he sat out all preseason. Devin Street was the guy who was filling in for him at OTAs. Yeah. So there is that sort of, you know... At least he has ca- some camaraderie. Or uh, familiarity with the role. Yes. Yeah, familiarity with Tony Romo, Good. more importantly. So, but I think everybody else who's already there gets a bump. And they're going to have to rely on Joseph Randall more. Sounds like a good Coke party. Everybody's getting a bump. Yeah. Um, all right, let's... <laughs> Mike White. <laughs> Let's go on to um, let's let, let's flip this party over to the other. No, you know, there's a good running. Let's talk about the running back. And all the guys are getting familiar ex- with Romo. I'm excited. The one thing I will say is that was a sweet game to see Romo come back and wow. do that. A guy that's mm-hmm. undrafted, a guy that's been an afterthought, a guy Agreed. that's got a lot of pressure. I mean, that was just sweet to Agreed. get a Romo to wit and just like you know what, screw you, New York. And the thing is, like Tony Romo has the most fourth quarter comebacks over the last. 28, is it? Three or four years, or no. is that five years? He's his career is 28, I think. He's so. money. He's been better at it than anybody in the last couple of years here. Uh, but, yeah, the running back situation. Joseph better Brady. than Tom Brady? No way. No way! Yeah, because Tom Brady's never behind. Oh, come on, guys. Oh, I should not have opened my mouth. <laughs> come on, guys. Go. All right. So, Joseph Randall played the most snaps, got the most, or Dunbar played the most snaps, excuse me. But Joseph Randall got the most carries at 16, gained like 60 yards, looked pretty good, also looked good in the receiving game when they threw it to him, looked a little bit dynamic there. He did look hesitant when running the ball at first. That As the game went on, that sort of opened up, though. Then you had Dunbar, who played the most snaps because they were trailing, caught, you know, what, 8 for 70. Every one of his targets was caught and just looked good, looked like he's going to be a PPR sort of dynamo, uh, Darren Sproles-type role. And then... McFadden played 10 snaps, got six carries for what? 16. 16 yards and wasn't very good. No. He, he looked explosive. Yeah, he looked fast. But he looked fast, but then he ran the Out of the sidelines. Yeah. Every time. Out of bounds, every time. Speed. He's used to being in Oakland and he's scared for his life. Uh, and that, so I think Rand, it's Randall's job to lose. Christian Michael was not involved at all. He was inactive. They, he they, was inactive. They, no, they even said, though, this is what's going to be interesting. Because I think... Michael still has a chance. I, I'm one of these guys that, that ran out there and I grabbed him when he got signed. Sure. That's and not a blame you. They already said, they, they, it was, it, what was he signed on? Like Tuesday or whatever of the week. And so they said. Traded for. Traded for. But it, it came in on Tuesday. They're like, he's going to be inactive for week one. Sure. We, but they're not going to give him a big role. So what it's going to take is, and again, I think there's still a chance though. Because Randall, I think I agree with you what you're saying. He's going to be the guy that's going to get the lion's share of the carries going forward. But he's also injury prone, so if he's going to get more carries, he's going to expose himself to more hits. 
if he gets hurt, and if it's only Run DMP standing in front of Christine Michael, I like the options of Christine I'm Michael. Fully agree- in a full agreement with you. Uh, quick question, Terrence Williams. What does this really mean for him? And then let's move over to the Eagles. All right, so I'll, I'm, I'm the guy who's like the, the biggest guy. I'm not going to say it means that much more to him because Tony Romo is going to go for who's open. You know, he's not going to be the guy that's going to force it into you because you're the number one wide receiver. That's true, and he's not a great Right, and, and so I think what's going to happen is is that it's, it's going to put more onus. It's going to be very tough on a Joseph Randall because I think defenses are now going to go, well, we're not scared. We can match up one-on-one against all of your wide receivers. So we'll do that, and we're going to do whatever we can to shut down your running game and force you, Tony Romo, to be Tony Romo to beat us. I have answered this question a couple times already. Uh, the biggest beneficiaries of this are Lance Dunbar and Jason Witten. Jason Witten will get a lot more passes in the passing game. He, was, he has been used in the blocking uh, scheme for uh, the last year plus, and now all of a sudden it opens up a lot of targets to come his way. He's the most steady uh, trustworthy guy that Romo knows. Uh, Dunbar, same way. He's going to be in that passing game. He just catches balls out of the backfield, and that's all he does. I don't think that he's very good at all, but that's just the role that it's going to play. Like I said, if you're going to take a chance on somebody, Street's the guy to take a chance on right now. I don't see uh, Bryce Butler's being that much of an upgrade on anything. And I'll say this too. If you're an owner of Terrence Williams and people are willing to pay you premium because of the injury, trade him. Go ahead. 100%. And I'm a guy who was telling you, I already saw an uptick for him. Agreed. Absolutely. Sell high. Sell high. Other side. Eagles. Let's go to the Eagles. Obviously, that high-powered offense wasn't very high-powered in the first half. Um, Tell me what you think, Doug. All right, so... I do have to say something. You were saying how Randall was hesitant, and it looked like he was hesitant in the beginning of the game. I think that Murray looked hesitant, too. And I'll say that about most of the running backs, actually, in week one. And that's usually the way it is. Uh, AP looked hesitant. One of the few running backs I saw that I was surprised didn't look hesitant was Carlos Hyde. Hyde looked like he attacked, and he was ready to just go, go, go. But most of the running backs I saw were hesitant just to start. First quarter, first couple of quarters, or whatever. And that's just the way it happens. But now that the first game's over, it's under your belt, it's back to business. And I think that DeMarco Murray is going to kick ass this game. Against Dallas? Against Dallas. I don't think Ryan Matthews touches the ball. Just because it's against Dallas. I don't think Sproles really touches the ball. Because it's against Dallas. I think Chip Kelly... I'll disagree with that, but... Oh, okay, maybe no, Sproles no doesn't carries. as a receiver. No carries for Sproles. I don't... Yeah, that, that's what only, I'm saying. Yeah, well, only DeMarco maybe. carries the football. I mean, there's a chance for that could happen. Just because they're, they're trying to stick it to Dallas, and they want Murray to play, you know, stick it to Dallas mode. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. In that game last night, Murray... Didn't really get too much done with scoring fantasy points, so that's you got to be liking what you're seeing if you got Demarco on your team that you can get those kind of points. That twelve yard loss killed him. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, that was. I mean, he got hit at five yards, got out of the tackle, went back a few more, got out of the tackle, went back. A Sometimes few more. you just got to go down. Go down. <laughs> Stay but down, Rob. I mean, Stay that, down. that obviously killed him, but he didn't didn't really gain that much otherwise. Anyway. Uh, but I don't know. Atlanta was very like persistent in that game. They, they were going at Dan Quinn. Listen, you bring a guy over, absolutely, he makes an impact. This is a, this is where coaching makes a difference. Look yeah. at the Bears. The Bears who were embarrassed by the Packers within the first half of both of their games last year. 
They were weren't they leading at halftime? Oh god, they looked so good. they looked that wasn't good. You they bring in you bring better. in other coaches, you bring in people who are professional coaches, they make an effect on certain aspects of the game. Very true. Of course. And this is another team that did the double A gap blitz. They, yes. they they sent all their middle linebackers. Warlu was in the backfield, uh, just destroying like before he even had the ball. Mm-hmm. It's gonna right. be different though. Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, that was disappointing. He, he played the most snaps of any of the receivers. He just didn't get targeted. So I, I don't think that continues. They did have Desmond Trufant on Nelson Aguilar, who yeah. is a, a very good cover corner. He he's is also the, he's a speedster. Their number one. He's also a speedster, playing on Nelson Aguilar, a rookie. So that shows that they've already got respect for him. Yes. So now that there's you know number one, you're gonna put Brandon Carr on him. You know, great. You know, I think he'll yeah, be. Now it's Barry Church, so oh no, Barry Church is a safety. 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 Yeah, safety. Sorry. I'm not worried about that. But uh, I mean, the scandal. No, he's Jordan, Jordan Matthews is gonna have a nice game. Um, Aguilar will get involved more. Uh, strangely, I think that they like Riley Cooper in the over the middle. Let's catch. You, let's get you an eight yard catch. Uh, a few times a game. I got a question though: Is Aguilar f- going to get to the point this week where he becomes fantasy startable? I want to see it first. I know yeah, that, most everyone does, but questionable. It's like, but listen, I, change of events. If, if you had, if you doing? had him drafted as your fourth wide receiver, keep him as your four. If you draft him drafted at your three this week, it, it it might be worth a shot, but I wouldn't count on it. Ertz, what's going on? Ertz, he obviously plays. Yeah, he That's plays. Nice. Yeah, hey. uh, he's back in there. Plain and simple. I, I am a believer. A he played the one. most snaps he had played in the last two years. 70%, yeah. Yeah, and, and, uh, and Selleck played the fewest snaps, snaps he'd ever played in the last two years. So I think Ertz is back, and the Cowboys give up the world to tight ends normally. Uh, most catches by tight ends last year. So I'm, I'm not worried about that. I like Ertz this week. The only thing that was sort of game flow dependent too, they weren't running the ball as much and it was more of a passing game. So I expect the snaps to even out a little bit between the two tight ends a little bit. But I'm, I'm still a believer in Hurts. Cool. Let's move on to the Seahawks at the Packers. Wow, it's going to be a good Sunday night game. The last year, obviously, you know, the, uh, the Packers have a bone to pick. How they about gave the up their Super Bowl The Packers appearance. have a bone to pick every time they play Seattle. They blew it last year with the with with the who was the guy that got cut after screwing up the well they blew it in the AFC Brandon championship. Bostic. Bostic, thank you. If you also go back, was it two years ago or was it three years ago? The Monday night game where they got robbed, and it should have been a win oh, for the yeah, Packers, yeah. and it was a win for Seattle. Yeah. The history between these teams, Green Bay hates Seattle. They have been on the downside of every. Sure. Every every outcome that can happen has been heart wrenchingly horrible for Green Bay. Uh, I, I will tell you who loves Green Bay, Mr. Lynch, Fugly McSkittles. He's your number one running back this week. I yeah, saw. and and one hundred percent. He loves playing against Green Bay. He has kicked the shit out of them for the past few years. Basically, every time he plays them, it's. What uh, at least ninety yards and a touchdown, sometimes one hundred and fifty yards and a couple touchdowns. What the did guy that Forte do last week? And what do you think? Exactly. That's all I was going to say. Yeah, Forte going to, uh, to doing what he did against the Packers. Believe me, the Seahawks after getting beaten 
by St. Louis last weekend, which is embarrassing to them. Believe me, they're going to go back to the bread and butter. I know that they were talking about Russell Wilson and all those guys. They've been talking about, we want to up-tempo our offense. We want to get more plays out there. And they did, and, that's, and they rightfully should. But if they really want to win this game, ball control, Marshawn Lynch, that's the way they've done in the past. That's why they win every time against Green Bay, and that's what they're going to do. Yeah, and they just stop Aaron Rodgers on defense. Uh, basically, in five career games, he's got four career touchdown passes. Huh. Uh, That's uh, horrible. Yeah. Wow. One, t- one interception only, so he tries to minimize the damage, but averages 171 yards passing a game. Oh, my God. However, what happened last week? Yeah. Toasted. Be- so many receivers running open without Cam Chancellor. Exactly. No second real If court. they don't sign Cam Chancellor. They already said they week. are not signing Cam Chancellor. If they don't. There's going to be problems in that defensive backfield. And believe me, Aaron Rodgers is going to exploit it. If Nick Foles can exploit it? Yeah. What do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to do? The thing is is that you got to have the type of receivers that they use. I mean, look at what uh, Tavon Austin or uh, Stedman Bailey or whatever, all those type of guys. The thing is the Packers do have that. My problem is that everybody's going to be jumping on James Jones Jock. James Jones Jock. James Jones Jock. James Jones Jock. Say it five thousand around, you can't do it. Um, and I don't want to say it five times in a row you either. Did. I just tried. But, uh, well, all right. So uh, James Jones did have an awesome yeah. game against the Bears, but it was only four targets. He happened to catch all four balls, and two of them happened to go for touchdowns. It's not like he was the most targeted guy. Devontae Adams was still the most targeted guy in the team. So it's not like James Jones all of a sudden overtook Devontae Adams. James Jones also just came back to the team within one week. So true. Well, all he did was was targeted in the red zone. And was targeted in the red zone. All he did was make Ty Montgomery and Jeff Janis completely negligible. You don't need those guys anymore. It's James Jones, like I was saying at the A draft, which is why I drafted James Jones late and was like, fuck all you assholes. Was it two or three years ago that James Jones had 14 touchdowns with them? Or three? Three. Three. He was, on, he was on, yeah, maybe two. No, three. The fact of the matter is, he's he had a bad season after. Yeah, after. That's right, he yeah. also plays on the right side. He plays on the side of uh, the first half of Legion of Boom. Uh, he's not going to be catching many passes over there. That's yeah, the problem. Sherman's side, yeah. 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 Devontae is probably going to be the one getting some play in this one. So don't be counting on James Jones to do the same thing that he did last week against the Bears. That's the best point you've made because everyone who's listening, pay attention. Richard Sherman stays on one side of the field. Period. He does not move off of defending the right wide receiver. Yeah. So he's not a Daryl Rivas. He's not going to be a Patrick Peterson that you deploy and then send him everywhere. He's always on the left side of the defense. That's why when he he goes, I'm the best D-back in the league. No, you're not, buddy. Yeah. No, you're You're the the best best D-back I have. You're the best left quarterback. Yeah. Strictly left quarterback. Yeah. Let's quickly roll through the Packers. And uh, then we got one more game, and it's a... No, that was rolling. That was the Packers. I don't like like Lacey. I do not like Lacey. He has never done well against this team. Uh, in, in the games that go ahead, if you want to point something else out, I, I, the, o- the only backs that do well against Seattle are the small speed backs who yeah. get around the outside. Big thumpers do not do well against the Seattle defense. They cut out your legs way too well and hit you high as soon as those guys go down. You just can't do it when you're a thumper. You have to have speed to the outside to avoid the guys who get down low on you, which and is what the Seahawks do perfectly. And it's what the Packers don't have any of. Yeah. James Stark's behind. There's no one behind there. John Coon, whatever. There's no one there that can that, that is an outside burner that they can employ. So 
It's going to be on Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be on these receivers. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I got to tell you, Cam Chancellor not being there, it's. What about now? So what it's about a positive? Martellus positive. Bennett was able to have a good game against the Packers. How about Jimmy Graham? Is this going to be a Jimmy Graham game? He'd get some play for sure. He's definitely going to get some play in this one. I mean, you're going to run Lynch a bunch, and I think that that is one way, uh, one way, especially in Green Bay, to win this game. Um, especially since with what Forte did, obviously you're going to want Lynch has won games for them in the past. But you're going to need Graham. You're going to need somebody else to do something as well. Graham is going to dominate them as well. Bennett did it. I think that the, the thing is that uh, Curse got a ton of targets he and did. did really well last week. Yeah. Um, like I said, Seattle wants to open it up a little more. They want to run a bit faster pace of an offense and get more plays in there. So that's going to leave a lot more passes out there for guys to have. Doug Baldwin, Constance, whatever, he'll catch his passes. Uh, Lockett could be a bit of a factor. You get him open a little bit, a little speedster like that against that Green Bay defense, sure, a little over-the-middle pass like an Eddie Royal could maybe you know would catch last week or whatever. That's fine, but Jimmy Graham is going to exploit him with his height and his uh, playmaking ability over the middle, and that's going to be great for him. The one thing I want to say, though, is I think a very under-the-radar guy is Jermaine Curse, And I know that I kept having him toward the end of my tears, and a lot of you guys weren't even putting him on there. Uh, he's a guy that has big playability, and now he's showing a propensity to be able to be a more counted-on receiver when they're throwing in the ball. And the only other competition he has is Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin. I like him better than Baldwin. I like right. Lockett though too. I know, but Lockett is, is still, still has so much is so raw and still has to define his game more. Jermaine Curse was where Lockett was two years ago, and I think that Curse has finally taken that step where I think that if you can grab him now, I would you know if, if you're in the league and you're saying, well, you know what, let me have a guy who's at least a viable option on this team and with big playability. I think Curse is a good option that could grow into something if he realizes his potential. And Jimmy Graham can help him do that by taking pressure off. Not a terrible call. I don't agree on the Jermaine Curse. They threw more passes than they ever have uh, in the Russell Wilson era. 52? Was it 41? They called 52 pass plays, ran uh, through it 41 times, completed 32. Uh, uh, I just think nobody's going to be very good on that team as a receiver. It's going to be Jimmy Graham and then a bunch of complimentary pieces, and Lockett might end up being the best of them by season's end. Yeah. I, 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 nobody on that outside excites me. Jermaine Curse is a fantasy after. He's a one-trick pony. I don't see him. He, I mean, he doesn't run uh, great routes at all. He can catch things deep, whatever. He might have a good player to. Let's Dog, move when you're, when you're thinking about uh, Russell Wilson right now, where does he finish? The season and fantasy football points at the quarterback. I think that them losing this first game was the best thing that could have happened for him. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Uh, I, I think if they had coasted in this first game, it would have been terrible. Just terrible. and just would have been uh, uh, boredom city for the rest of the season. Uh, right, I, think right. they, uh, I think they all of a sudden understand, shit, we really got to fucking play. Yeah. We can't yeah. just expect to go to the Super Bowl every year, huh? And that team's in our division. Yeah. This, I mean, that was a big loss, and that was that was tough, tough to deal with. And it's not just all camp chance. I don't want to say that they that guy made the whole difference in this one. They just they, they need to pick things up, and I think it benefits Russell Wilson. And so does that offensive line. They gave up six sacks on Russell Wilson. Yeah, would have been a lot more if not for his mobility. Uh, they need to flat out play better, or else they're going to be in danger of losing a lot more games. They've got to play better at run blocking. They got to play better at pass blocking. 
or else Russell Wilson isn't going to have such a great finish. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool, man. Monday night football game. Jets are going to be at the Colts. Jets defense is for real. Yeah, we knew that. Chris it's, Ivory's for real. It's we less for that. real without Antonio Cromartie. True. But let's be honest. But it, well, it didn't turn out to be a, a year yeah, ender. Yeah, it's only a hyperextension. That injury, that looked like it was a season done. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That was Everybody done. Everybody thought I said, it was I, done. I, I, was, I said, that's done. That, it looked like a yeah, Everybody problem. thought that was done. But, thank you know, for the, the Jets, good, you know, that's an incredible yeah. thing. But still, it's not. It, it, they still have a great defense. I mean, don't get you know, just because Cromartie isn't there doesn't mean that it wouldn't have, that it would have shot their whole defense. I mean, they still have Revis as one of their corners. They can mix and match. That's fine. And Cromartie won't be back for a little while. Although against the Colts, it makes a difference. And the person who it's going to benefit the most is Dante Moncrief. I don't think T.Y. Hilton is playing. No, he that's is. my guessing. He's out. I think he's uh, out. One to three weeks. I yeah. I'm yeah I mean, he was trying to say that he was going to play. Uh, but uh, that, of course, after every game you get injured, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll be fine. Of course, a day later, you're like, no, I guess I'm not. You don't want to play Revis anyways. He shut you down last yeah, year. Seriously. <laughs> like, um, so Andre's not going to be shut down. And it'll be Dante Moncrief who will start. It won't be uh, the rook. It'll, be, oh, it'll definitely be a it, Moncrief starting. If you're, you know, Jess, do you put Revis on Andre Johnson with how terrible he looked last week? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I you do. know what you do? Because here's what you do. You're going to start him there. And then when another receiver makes a play, you move Daryl Revis. I've seen this happen many it's times fun. in Daryl Revis' career. <laughs> Who was it against? It was, uh, was it, was it, I can't remember. I think it was against Miami or something. They were playing someone. And all of a sudden, the guy had two or three catches to start the game. And all of a sudden, he had Daryl Revis, Revis on him. him. And Zero. he did nothing the yeah. rest of the game. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's, a, that's how you employ him. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you right now, no, he'll, they'll put him on Andre Johnson, and I'll tell you why. Do you want to make the mistake of having Dante Moncrief beat you, or be an idiot and put Daryl Rivas on Moncrief and have Andre Johnson, one of the best receivers of all time, beat you because you were like, hold yeah, on, he's old and over on, the hill. Hold on, hold on. One of the best receivers of all time. <laughs> let's, 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 let's slow our roll a little bit on that one. All right, how many, hundred, how, how many hundred catch seasons has that guy had? How many receivers have more? Well, I, how many doubles into touchdown seasons does he have? Here's the question I've got. <laughs> how, what's the not? Is it top 50, are you saying? Or is it top 100? I mean, it depends on what you're saying. I mean, he's not top 50 of all time. I'll tell you if he was on a... 50? I'm sorry, well, dude. You make a case for 50. Top Easy. 20? Okay. Top 20? No, Maybe. not top 20. I'm sorry, but you, 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 it's it's weird how you guys think about this. Do you realize if he was on a team with an actual quarterback hey, ever? Do you know how awesome uh, Ryan Leaf would have been if he was on um, if he got drafted instead of Peyton Manning? It's stupid to say that. Can't say that. He, he did what he did with all what he was there's given. Numbers, there's numbers there. You gotta go by the numbers. He was he did what he did with what he was given. Dan Marino didn't win a Super Bowl because he didn't have the right team around him. It's not like he was a bad quarterback. It's not like Andre. It's not like he was outside the top fifty. It's not like Andre Johnson's outside the top fifty because well, he didn't get double digit touchdowns. But there are wide receivers. Andre Johnson that are had like 110, 115, 110 catches. Oh, dog. There are wide With, receivers. Who is their quarterback? Who is his quarterback? There are wide receivers. There are wide receivers. There are wide receivers that are transformative. That doesn't matter who their quarterback is. They turn it into gold. Who? And who? Name one. 
Jerry Rice. Uh, Who had the best quarterbacks uh, of all time. Alright, fine. Uh, okay, well, no, no. Uh, Terrell Owens? Terrell well, with whoever you play with. You play with the, how many I would take a McNabb over a Schaub any day. Okay. Thank you. It doesn't Randy matter, Moss, but that, that was his Or a Steve oh, Young. So, 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 hold, on, hold on. I just don't think he's one of the best wide receivers. Randy Moss, yeah. yeah John Brady was terrible. Easily top two. Randy Moss with Downing Culper before Downing Culper was anything. Wait, hold on, hold on. You, you think, think, think Andrew Johnson is a top 20 wide receiver of all time? Yes. You are a fucking idiot. He only knows the game for the last 15 years. Come on. Not even a clue. Who, who was? Wait, he's top you? 12 in career receiving yards. Yeah, career Two. receiving yards that is Absolutely. so skewed over to... Tim Two. Brown couldn't get into the NFL's Hall of Fame for how long after being how great of a receiver that Let's he was Let's move on. So it does that. 270 away from being top The wide receivers are a recent yeah. phenomenon. Let's go back and understand eras and, and, and time frames. Let's and move on. We'll on. make it... On, 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 on episode 200, yeah. let's write this. Is, this is the kind of fun stuff that we're we're going to have. We're going to be drinking. We're going to drink in our table. Not your father. How are we going to do that? It's still mid-season. I will be smoking a cigar in here and I don't care. I don't either. I'm going to be smoking joints in here. We're breaking. Remember that bumps for everyone? I'm bringing them for episode 200. All right. Back to the game. Jets, Colts. Anything else? Ivory was showing off really well. So nice. As I... Figured he would, and he looked just the part. Oh. Um, it looks like you can do stuff against the Colts' defense. So I, I kind of like his chances of doing pretty and, well again. And, again, he's got protection now of Marshall and Decker. It's showing. It gives him opportunities. And they are still going to be a run-first team. My bad last week. Um, I am sorry, folks out there. But I really thought that Marshall was just going to be covered all day long uh, by, by Hayden. And I did, too. No, he wasn't. No, Hayden jumped no, off him. It was all over. No, Hayden jumped off him a bunch. Yeah, a bunch. He was not on Marshall all game long. The and Jets. We said we said it leading up over the last five weeks in this podcast. They are going to be a lot better than people think, oh, and yeah. they are going to be delivering fantasy football points. But they're not not from not from the quarterback position. And I'm going to tell Why you what. He threw 179 yards. You're not going to get. Didn't have to. Fitzpatrick. They're still going to be a New York. Jet run first offense. They're going to be. I'm telling you. Look, I mean, they're definitely run no, first. No, no, you're going to get. You're going to have. You're going to have, you're gonna have your games. Yards. You're going to have a game here. You're going to have a game there for Decker. A game here for Marshall. Yeah, yeah those are going to come, but and they're going to come more often now that you don't have Jason Morrow, who's going to be there stealing any of their receptions away. But it's still going to be more of the Ivory Show for the for the for the, yeah. for the bulk of it. I, it's all game flow. I yeah, mean, exactly. 171 right. passing yards means nothing when you're up by 20 points going into basically the third quarter. Uh, if they have to pass, believe they me, they, now they have weapons. But Marshall yeah. and Decker is fine. Yeah. And uh, Brandon Marshall caught his touchdown pass on Joe Hayden. He did. And it was a great catch. Yeah. Like, he looked like you know, Brandon Marshall has in the past, just making a nice red zone move that he always seems to do. And, you know, Hayden usually doesn't get beat on those. Yeah, but I think Serious three of his other control. of his six catches, like three of the other ones, were not on Hayden. So uh, the, out of out of the seven beers I've had, all of them are in my belly. JP, I gotta stay on top of these guys. Please get on top of me. Sit on my face, Mister Robot. Uh, <laughs> So I got I can't remember what I was. What was that little? What was that TV show? And then we'll move on to the Colts. Small Wonder. Small Wonder. No, I know. Where you were going? I wanted a banger. She was about our age. Like I banged that thirteen-year-old robot. I want to bang you, thirteen-year-old. What was it, Veronica? 
Oh, I don't know, but I love it. I don't it. know. It's a great. All right, small order, nice work. Um, all right, Colts. Woo! That was it's nowhere to go but up for that squad. Damn right. Well, um, I will tell you right now. Tough back-to-back matchups for them too. I'm I'm just gonna throw this out there right now at the risk of. Ah man, I just do it. Just do it. All right. Taylor Bandit. It looks like the Colts. I think are maybe. This is my guess. They're gonna sign Ahmad Bradshaw. And I think it's a great move for him. He what? knows the offense. He worked awesome within it. Frank Gore needs somebody else there besides Josh Robinson. And that's the guy to go get. His well, one-game suspension exposed. is over. Uh, his leg is just fine. It's, uh, that's what's going to happen. But it got I'm exposed too, right? Because Gore took that hit. Gore had to come out. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're going, where's Boom Heron is what yeah. I want to know. Well, Boom got did get injured, so I don't blame them for He's releasing hurt? him. Okay. Yeah, he okay. got injured, which is why the, he was going to be out for four to six weeks. So you're sitting there. That, that's, that's they could have put him on IR. But that's uh, risky the in their own right. That, what they did was risky in their own right. That if you're sitting here going, Boom Heron's out, I only got Josh Robinson and Frank Gore. I got Frank Gore, who's 31, 32. He's, done, he's been the Iron Man, but with new concussion protocols in this game, a, a hit like he took, now all of a sudden he can't play. Well, here's the thing with the Boom Heron thing. They knew that he would be out four to six weeks with his injury. And they didn't back it up. Well, they what they said is instead of putting him on the IR designated to return because you only put one, one person on there, um, they said, we're going to release him. Nobody else is going to pick him up. And nobody else did. So they can go sign him again now if they wanted to. No, they have to wait six weeks, I think. Is it six weeks they have to wait? Really? So Man. once you drop a guy like that, then you have to wait six weeks to... So then there's whatever the case is. So that's why he was going, going out for a long anyway. Bradshaw because it's a guy that they also already know and they have exactly. previous records. So it's on. really not that big of a deal, but I think that Bradshaw is going to get signed. They were, uh, there's been rumblings about it. I've heard it for like the last week and a half actually, uh, and now that Gore actually got that little bit of an injury, so we'll, well you know see. what? I'll, I'll say this: we'll we'll if we'll you're see. in, the, if you're in a 16 team league, if you're in a deep, deep league like that, or a league that goes, I'm in a 10 man league and I'm picking him up. But listen, or, or a league that goes 20, 20 rounds or whatever. But no, you better think about Ahmad Bradshaw. That guy puts up points when healthy. Yeah. He just doesn't stay healthy for the whole season. No. But if you can get five weeks Great out stop of him. Great stopgap. I'll take him. Wouldn't you take the four or five weeks out of him? I 100%. Sure would. He, yeah. he, dude, he was a top 10 back for eight full weeks. If you compiled over eight weeks, top 10 back. All right. Anything happening with the uh, tight ends in this game? Dwayne Allen, Kobe Fleener. Yes. I think that uh, I think they both get a little bit of play simply because of the T.Y. Hilton injury. They're going to need to incorporate the tight end a little bit more. Dwayne Allen got a few uh, got a few reps in there. He got a few targets. Uh, Kobe get, did nothing, as we thought, as I think we all discussed. Pretty much, it would he wouldn't be a part of that game plan last week. But I think he ends up being a little bit uh, a part of this game plan this week simply because you got to have somebody else who's a little bit dynamic. They're going to spread it out a little bit more, especially with the injuries in the backfield. Um, yeah, it plays for the tight ends in, in this one. And it's not like the Jets are uh, world beaters against tight ends. I mean, you know that. It's, uh, if Gronk, you, if Gronk destroys just, them. Yeah. yeah. If, so you the, had, if you had to play, I've, I've, got, I've got one league. I've got, I'm, I'm going to do the Houdini. I need, I, need, I need some lineup help here, guys, <laughs> on air. Uh, I've got do it. Luck and i got Tannehill this week. Do I go again? Last week you had Tannehill right below and Luck ended up doing better. This week, who should I play? Hmm. I, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in first. 
Tannehill, I have him. He's sitting on my bench right now. I'm like that. I'm even sitting here going, man, I got Tannehill and Carson Palmer this week, and I'm debating I'm playing Carson Palmer against the Bears. Oh, I think easy. That I should, yeah, that, that sounds pretty easy. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's because, an Because Tannehill, you got to prove it to me before I'm going to dive into it because, again, when you, if you don't have a guy that is a, you know, an Aaron Rodgers, an Andrew Luck, a Drew Brees, a Ben Roethlisberger, you know, one of these guys that's a definite, this is your number one, and you're going to roll. I'm talking about Luck. I'm, I'm talking about Luck. Okay. So what I'm telling you is that okay. Luck is a definite starter. Okay, okay. Yeah, and now yeah, the thing yeah, that yeah. worries me, though, is that I think Luck's ceiling definitely comes way down without T.Y. Hilton. Oh, no doubt. Because now all of a sudden they become an old team. Because T.Y. Hilton has respect. Dante Moncrief has no respect. Philip Dorsett has no respect. So while these guys may be able to tear the top off it, what about that top twenty of all time wide receiver? Andre Johnson. I didn't, I, I didn't have him in my top twenty of all time. He doesn't. So, so I'm, I'm not seeing it. He's, I'm seeing old Andre Johnson out here, and I'm seeing like this is like when the White Sox would bring out Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, <laughs> so bring out Roberto Alomar. Hey, shadow all you guys that were all stars oh, when God. they were younger. We're talking like, about the White Sox. Hey man, that's the only thing I can do. The only team I know that brings back guys that love to see were so bad, so great that when they come to the White Sox, they're so bad. Yeah, I, I, I went to Ken too Griffey. old, too old, to, old, too slow. Like like, like uh, what's the stage? Like forty nine of them. Too young, too fast. <laughs> forty nine receivers better. Now. Are we done here, guys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're yes. Go with luck. Oh, let me let me Go talk about luck. the music. Luck's at home. Go yeah, with luck. music. So it was. I, I went to the blues this week. So some of you may have been feeling the blues, but I gave you upbeat blues. And this is Albert Collins' very distinctive guitar sound that he has. Opened up with Avalanche, because we're bringing you an avalanche of knowledge. And we're closing with Brick, because that's what I'm going to throw upside your opponent's head. I like it. Brick. Fantasy and knowledge. And we're bringing it. Let's bring it. Nice show, guys. Good Love stuff. It. It's so friggin' awesome to be back in fantasy football land. One week down. This week, week two. Keep on listening to us. Thank you for joining us on this journey. You know how much we love you. Check us out on iTunes. Give us that nice review there. Give us a five-star rating. Tell your friends that aren't in your league about this show, about Pyromaniac.com. If you're on the fence or you've been listening to us for a year, six months, three and a half years, and you've been a uh, draft kit purchaser, you know we love you, but... Check out this Pyro Pro. This thing is a beast. We're building this thing out. We are trying to make this thing, Pyromaniac, our full-time job. It is a full-time job for us. But we're trying to make it so we don't have to have actually another job as well. Uh, so hook us up. Whatever. Fire that shit up. You will not be disappointed. If you do sign up for Pyro Pro, at whether it's a week, if it's a week or a month, just don't re-sign up if you don't like it. If you do it for a year and you do not like what we're offering... I'll freaking give you your money back. I don't care. I will give you your money. We'll, we'll give you next year free. Or next I'm, I'm going to give you this right now. All right, I'm going to throw out a contest out to you. If you're listening to this, I want you to do this for me. If you can name 49 receivers better than Andre Johnson, and I really actually agree with you, I'm going to give you a free year of Pyro Pro. All right. Throw them in. Now just send us an email. Send us a, a, a Facebook. I don't care where you send it to us. But if you can name 49 receivers better than Andre Johnson, because Houdini and D-Rex have him outside the top 50 and of all know, time. I don't know about that. I just say I don't consider him one of the best wide receivers of all time. That's Either all way, throw me 49. You might be top 50. Let me, I'm going to do it for, I'm gonna do this exercise, too. I'm going to do it, too. We're all going to do it. I hope I can. But I'm going to be throwing out guys that... I'll tell you what. He's definitely outside of the top 20. 
Cliff Branch. Baby, I'll be other baby. Absolutely. I'm gonna be naming guys that yeah. you know. Friggin', I'm I'm putting. I'm going back. You're talking about like you, you got to throw names thing. like guys who are in the top five. Like, yeah, Jerry Rice. I'm sure, I, I'll yeah, give you yeah. that one. No, Randy Moss. Yeah, absolutely. I got you. Swan. It's not Lynn Swan. You let me top it. No, God, no. Yes, he is. Oh no way! There's yes, not a is. single person in any sort of football realm ever that would. I'm not trying with to you. put him in Lynn Swan's era or Lynn Swan in his era. Andre Johnson is literally. Ten times as good as Lin Swan. I'm not basing it on that. I was a Lin Swan fan. He was one of my favorites growing up. And believe me, Andre Johnson's way better. I don't disagree, but you're a championship guy. And we'll talk. This is fun. This is part of the argument. We're going to find out. We're coming up on the 200th episode, so we got to get this rolling. I'll take Eric Moulds. So what kind of... Eric Moulds. Moulds. I'm going to get some entertainment for episode 200. So bring bring extra condoms, guys. Oh yeah, bring your extra condoms uh, for episode 200. I'm gonna have some uh, oldest, the world's oldest professions here. Uh, let's let's close this out. Albert James Jones, James Jones, James Jones, James Jones, Brick. Love you.
Audio turd nuggets. Audio turd nuggets. Audio turd nuggets. Audio turd nuggets.